It's episode 293 of The Platformers, a show about games and nerd culture, and I'm your host, Brian Barnett. I am another host, Chris Conlis, aka Delphia, lieutenant of the podcaster's platformers family. Oh, I'm interested to see what rank Lucas gives himself. Uh, I was going to say grand uh, priest of Final Fantasy VII food collaborations. (laughs) That's a disgusting background. (laughs) A disgusting and well-deserved title. How are you guys doing? It's a a show. It's a show. It's a show about games. We talk video games and video game adjacencies and or propane accessories. We we talk video video games. We talk video games and video games talk us. Why do they ever? Yeah. Anyways, we got we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week, including some television, some uh, big AAA video games, and some itty bitty teeny weeny indie games. So I have for this week, I have Spider-Man 2, which is a thing that a lot of people are talking about. I've got some alien hominid games. I've got a little RPG called Alterium Shift, and I've got The Sandman on Netflix. So I don't know what you guys have, but we can start wherever you guys want. It's good you mentioned The Sandman, because I have also seen that one for once. I don't watch that much TV, but I saw that one. So something I can weigh in on. Should we talk about the Game Awards at all? Yeah, you know what? Sure, why not? Why not? It's not like we have a bunch of other stuff to talk about. Let's do that. <laughs> Just saying, but what happened today? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's 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 totally fine. And it's I think, you know, it is something that that uh, the three of us have been talking about. Um, mm. So I think I think it is definitely fair. Um, do you want to show we start with that since that's kind of news? Yeah, so. yeah, probably a good way to segue into what we've been doing individually, I think. Sure. All right, so uh, the Game Awards uh, came out with their full nominations. Um, and it runs the gamut from completely predictable to what? Which is basically par for the course for the Game Awards. Uh, mm-hmm. If you are not familiar, the Game Awards is a big awards show that takes place every year put on by a little old man called Jeff Keighley. Uh, and uh, uh, it has a lot of big names. A lot of industry people show up. I know people who are going to it. Uh, I would love to go to it, to be honest, but I just have not put any sort of thought or plans into actually doing that. Yeah, um, I'm a little too it, Southern Hemisphere for that myself, unfortunately. It does, um, unlike the Platformers podcast, the Game Awards gives out their 2023 uh, awards before the end of the year. Um, so we have kind of a philosophical disagreement on how they do things, or, or rather when they do things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Game Awards is also, uh, the awards themselves are voted on by a bunch of people from various sites um, of note. So uh, it is, you know, they do have sometimes popular votes where... Um, People who are watching the show can kind of chime in and that mm-hmm. can be where some of the awards go. But uh, a lot of it is what people, what 
big movers and shakers in the industry had time to get to or knew existed and things like that. So uh, it is not unusual for really good indie games to fall through the cracks just because they didn't get a whole lot of coverage, just because the audience wasn't necessarily interested in them. Uh, and there is, uh, you know, a, a skewing of awards to big AAA cinematic, uh, you know, style games. See third person sad dad Sony esque. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I was gonna say yes. Yeah, see the kind of Sony tentpole release. These sorts of things tend to get a lot of attention. Sometimes it doesn't happen, like the year where it takes two one game of the year, which was a crazy decision. But I, I didn't play it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I but, I know. respect it. I respect it quite a lot, honestly. So yeah, I mean, I love it just because it is not what I anticipated at all and like any anything unusual like it, you know is gonna vibe with me a little bit but mm-hmm. uh we do have uh we do have the nominees right here uh i have them open if you want me to start listing yeah go for it go for it go for it so should we start with the big game of the year i guess the sure, main yeah, Game of the Year award. The nominees are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and the, Le- the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I can words. So, yeah, six big AAA games from the full gamut of, you know, tentpole releases and such, but all pretty much expected to be there and to be noted. Uh, Resident Evil 4, I'm the most dubious about being there because, again, remake and not as good as the original was overall in terms of, like, time of release and impact on industry, but, like, I can't deny it's good, but... Yeah, it's it's a good game, but it's it's just weird that it's there. It doesn't... It's it's so... And it's so close to the original, too, um, in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah. It's just... I don't know. I, I feel like, especially like Capcom just put out Street Fighter Six, which I think was like way even way more like impactful than Resident Evil Four was when it came out. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, I think I think Street Fighter Six is is very very good. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, and even then, it got so, a lot of attention to what is you know a, usually a relatively insular genre, like. Yes, we love our fighting games here on the platformers, but uh, it's they're not. You know, it's more often appreciated than actively pursued by a lot of people, both in yeah. and out of gaming. And I feel like there's yeah. other games that like were reviewed really, really well. Although I can't name them off the top of my head, but it's just like I never would have expected to see Resident Evil Four on here. Like, it, yeah, it's not like upsetting, but it's just like. Who, vote, who voted for that? Yeah, like, Armored Core 6 so- should be there, I feel like. And that's me still not getting around to playing it. Just everything I've seen, heard, and looked at, it's like, yeah, no, that seems like it should be more than that. But, and no. yeah, <laughs> And yeah, and I generally have... It's, it's weird because remakes are definitely new games that come out and people work on them and they get released and they're, you know, how they perform financially does have an impact on the studio. Uh, 
but also like from a critical standpoint, unless they change things up significantly, a remake of a game coming out, I, I kind of, we've kind of talked about this a bit. I kind of don't feel like that should be in the same conversation. Like there should be, if we want to do that, then what we should do is we should have uh, a a category for best remake of the year or something like that. You know what I mean? And then it would yeah. be like, okay, well, we can talk about, you know, is Dead Space remake better than RE4 remake? Is better than Mario RPG? Yeah. Is better than, you know, like there's so yeah. many that come out. That makes out way and, more sense. And, and that lets you have a conversation about it without it eating up the air from games that are trying something new, which is something that generally, I, I think the industry is so, uh, is so risk averse that I think even a light touch of putting your thumb on the scale, like if you put out a remake, it's not eligible for game of the year, I think could be something to keep in mind. You know what I mean? Like I, I that's how I would do things if it were me, because I feel like that, like you, there are some of these years where it could literally be, and this is a great year, you know, as an example is like, there's three big remakes coming out this year or have come out this year. And that's just the ones that are, I'm coming up with off the top of my head, mm. like dead space, huge, RE4, huge, super Mario RPG, huge. You know what I mean? Like there's, I'm sure there's a ton more, but I feel Star like Ocean two. When, huge <laughs> star ocean two. Yeah. Like, you know, but I, I feel like it's kind of disingenuous to discuss them in the same breath as like, you know, Baldur's Gate 3 or Alan Wake 2. You know yeah. what I mean? And and like that also takes up, takes up, it, not even it, the, it skews the conversation with the other games that, that did get a slot in game of the year. It takes a slot away from something else that was trying to push the needle forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if, RE4 hadn't been there, what else would be? Yeah, would it be you know on the call? Would it be Talos Principle? Would it be any number of other things? Yeah, and I would love to see Talos Principle in the Game of the Year discussion because I feel like that, you know, that says something about what we pick for for awards shows what we value as critics. Yeah. And I think if we put so much, we put a lot of weight on what wins Game of the Year. And these people, the, the developers... And I, w- I wish them all the absolute best. They get sent these trophies that they will hold on to that will sit in a place of honor in their development studios if they win. And I feel like if we're re- if we as critics are going to give attention to something to kind of draw your eye to it, it shouldn't be something you could have played 20 years ago on the GameCube yeah, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it, it should be something new, something laudable. Um. But, you know, yeah. that's, that's coming from me and I'm a known indie game shill because they do new stuff on the show. Like that's that is that is I've got my uh, I've got my my, you know, pet peeves and I've got my pet projects. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. with you all the way. Like I'm notably out there saying I want to see what the what the medium can do that it can't do in other mediums. I want to see games be games and tell stories that only games can do. And more often than yeah. not, a lot of the big AAA things don't do that because, again, risk averse. They do what works, they do what's established, and more often than not, they're just following trends from other creative mediums entirely. And, yeah. yeah. 
more to the and point in Resident like, Evil 4. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, I think like it also shows um, the limitations of the voting. Um, by that, I mean, I think uh, I think it was Mitch Saltzman on Twitter was talking about it. They, they bring, mostly they bring in like people who work for websites or run them among other things. And so those are going to be like the, the staffers at places. Yeah. Um, whereas like you see a lot of times the more on the margin stuff typically goes to like freelancers, um, especially at big sites like IGN. Uh, and so you're yeah. just not going to see those games even probably considered at all because like nobody in those positions like touch those games. Yeah. You usually give the big stuff, the big blockbuster stuff goes to like the staff people usually. Um, yeah. yeah. And their jury is decent. Like they list all the websites and such that they pull from on their website yeah. in the FAQ. And like, it's extensive. There's a lot there, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's still just like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. And it also no explains. To do it. Oh. <laughs> Say it also explains why you get those weird nominations the more insular the categories get. Like yeah. the fact that you like you, putting like Sifu for fighting game, like what who Yeah, the did? fighting game category has had some real moments. <laughs> um yeah, this this structure they have for voting is how jump force wins the fighting game. Award. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and that's a that's a great point. And also and also, I mean, that that reminds me of something, which is like these sites where like this, you know, the what Lucas was talking about, about about staffers and, and freelancers and the distribution of coverage, but also these major sites and the bigger the sites are, the more true this is. These sites are playing games and covering games, particularly as staffers that drive revenue and that drive clicks and attention. And big games drive bigger clicks, typically. And that's going to push it even further into this and further away from finding awesome stuff on the fringes that nobody's talking about. Big sites are not going to pioneer because they, like the industry, like the rest of the industry, are risk averse. Uh, and they don't want to spend their time on something that's not a sure thing. So it's easier to say, Let's cover RE fur or RE RE four RE fur. No, that's RE eight when they got all the fur. But <laughs> uh, RE four, which is like we know it's going to be huge because it was huge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We know Dead Space is going to be a good bet for us to spend time on because Dead Space came out and it was awesome. So as long as they don't totally botch this remake, it's going to be great. So yeah, you know Mario reliable generally. Zelda, yeah. generally reliable. Marvel Spider-Man, incredibly reliable. You know, Alan Wake and Baldur's Gate, not so much, but those showed yeah. up and made a lot of noise for themselves. And Remedy is on, is on the rise since Control. as well, you know? Yes. I mean, not slight. I think there's massive recency bias. Uh, but I've also been very pointedly guarding against that myself. And I feel like if you don't, even even if you do like even like I feel recency bias affecting the stuff that I think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with the fact that I have a backlog and I keep a list of all of the games that I have played and been like, this is awesome. I'm gonna put it on this list, and then I'll go through this list and I'll still feel like 
Wild Frost was like really awesome. And that was definitely my game of the year for a while. But then like, how do I feel about that versus Baldur's Gate 3? I mean, and that kind of puts the lie to like how silly award shows are in general. But also like our minds are very fluid things and we can't just cleanly order things a lot yeah. of the time uh, over, you know, an extensive period of time. Because it's like, I, I, you know, when I'm going through my my greatest games or my favorite games of all time list, it's like, did I really like Halo 3 more than, you know, Marvel Spider-Man 2? Yeah, these these lists I, aren't permanent I, as well. Like yeah, a, I, I don't know. The Yeah, like, obviously, I helped a friend manage, um, you know, build up acclaimed video games, which went through, basically, did the extensive work of going through all the possible top 10, top X lists of end of year, end of, you know, all time, end of decades, all of that collated all of that to get full critical consensus and yeah we we've saw all sorts of lists in the process of all the data gathering and entering for that and like it's it's wild out there and the list while we're happy with the the actual process we took to get there we look at the list and go yeah gross why are these (laughs) here you know (laughs) yeah but that's that's how it is yeah but yeah which 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 makes sense but yeah anyways not to not to get too deep into philosophy but these are the things that that i think about when i'm putting on you know the platformers game of the year uh episodes and things like that and you know with some stuff that i've got going in the sidelines that i'm not talking about yet i i'm i'm also thinking about these sorts of things and uh so you know i think it is important not only for the critic but also for the consumer to think about this i mean this is this is true of everything i mean i'll just i'll just tell you straight up for life when you see statistics or you see greatest of all time that should come with a bunch of asterisks that you just pick up for yourself Mm -hmm. you know it's like who who is considered yeah who who is considered the greatest guitarist of all time okay who are we not talking about who decides this? You know what I mean? There are a mm. lot of factors. You know, you got to you got to look at bias. You have to look at access. You have to look at is there equity in this space? Mm. You know, is there's a lot of things to consider. Uh and so definitely take these things with a grain of salt, but also it's news and so we're going to talk about it and also it's interesting and uh can be a fun talking point. So that's also why we're talking about it even though we are kind of taking the piss out of it right now. Yeah. At least we're not arguing about whether or not Dave the Diver is an indie game. That is, I guess, true? Would you Although qualify it? Do you it. want to argue about that? I don't know. I don't have enough. I don't have a horse in this race. So. I don't, I don't just, have any information about it. all yeah. over my Twitter feed all day as people arguing about yeah. Dave the Diver. Yeah, nice. <sighs> Well, well, we're gonna. I'm sure we're gonna argue about some other game, stuff. So. <laughs> that is that is true. That it's is a toss up for me between Dredge and Sea of Stars as far as indie games go that I've played, but I need to play the others. So, but we will get to that soon enough. So you just did game of the year, right? That was just the main game of the year, and then we springboarded from that. Okay. I can we can sprint through some of the other ones if we're interested, or just pick yeah, and I'll, choose I'll categories. Do, uh, let me let me scroll down and. See what do I want to talk about? Like a lot of the ones about oh games, games for games for impact. Well, let's do this one. Games for impact quote for a thought provoking game with a pro social meaning or message. So we've got a space for the unbound, chance of Sonar, 
Goodbye Volcano High, Chia, Terra Nil, and Venba. So these are good. Uh, I would definitely put Cosmic Star, Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood in mm-hmm. this category, but I've also only played one of the games on this list. Yeah. Which well, is I Goodbye Volcano Heart, Terra. which I'm glad is on there. Like, I'm very glad that Goodbye Volcano High is on there because it should get some attention. Yeah, I'm going to circle back around to that eventually. Uh, Again, I bought it. I intend to play it. It's picking time and, you know, focus. But of all the ones here, I've only played Terra Nil, and I played it. I played the older version of it, which was on... um, (sighs) It was like... Because it's like much more pretty in 3D and such now, but it was like a 2D game on itch.io, like, years ago and i picked it up mm. then it was great but that was very much kind of Disgusting. like a proof of concept tech demo i'm like yeah this is good and then it got a full release i think yeah, i'm literally like scrolling through here and cosmic wheel sisterhood is nowhere nowhere because nobody played it no yeah. one played it this category has so always depressing. been kind of confusing to me like what what the hell does pro social mean what does games for impact mean and for a while there it almost was like oh this is the like colorful games category. category yeah there you go um or this is the game this is the game where there is an lgbtq plus yeah. main character or something yeah yeah stuff like and that it's like yeah it's like well i, I well like guess. that's i mean sure yeah. good but yeah like, you, you got to do more than that it feels like such a like and also the name is so weird yeah because it's because it's like if it's just a, a game that's thought-provoking, it's like, okay, Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood should be in here, Talos Principle should be in here, you know, stuff like that. If if it's if it's like a a, a pro social meaning, like what that's that kind of that's mean? different than just thought-provoking. <laughs> you know what I mean? What does that even mean? <laughs> it's like it's, it's like, like the- could you could you say could you say that Papers Please has like a pro social meaning? Like, it's like, you know how I mean? can like, we say progressive without pissing off the reactionaries? Pro-social. Without, yeah. Without yeah. pissing off the capital G gamers in the crowd, which yeah. there's a lot of them, funnily enough. Yeah, yeah, but that's like, you know. But like, Venba is pretty obvious. That's that's a, a mm-hmm. game about an Indian family, and it's about cooking. And it's about, you know, maintaining their culture with cooking. Goodbye Volcano High is about, like coming of age and being yourself in the face of like really like terrible things yeah uh you know i don't don't know about the other ones uh but yeah and so i like i I dig that that's it yeah i dig anything about them i haven't played space Uh, for the unbound but i've always been interested and it looks really cool um but i wouldn't nice know where to start with the premise but it looks neat (laughs) yeah uh, best indie game is another one that I want to quickly go through. Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder. So I played the demo of Viewfinder. That game is dope. I played all of Sea of Stars. I love that game. And Cocoon looks really cool. Uh, I have not played Dredge and I have not played Dave the Diver. I played uh, and loved Dredge. Um, nice. And Sea of Stars, obviously. Those are the two I have sat down and played. Both are very good. I do not know which I would go to probably leaning more towards dredge but hard to say why are there only yeah. five games uh, most of the other categories only have five i don't know why okay so just the the first two we looked at happen to have six 
Games for Impact have six. Best Performance has six. Uh, Game of the Year has six. Can't even get their numbers. I think Game of the Year typically has six, but I don't know what the criteria is for whether it gets five, six, more or less, or whatever. Innovation and accessibility has six. Come on. Narrative has five. I mean, Pizza Pizza Tower is in uh, Best Debut Indie. Oh, right, right, right. Best esports athlete has six. Uh, so, so weird. It's and gonna be all the rest again. of them, and all the rest of them have five. Okay, yeah, which is strange. That's very I don't understand strange. why that is the case. That doesn't make a lick of sense, as they say. Uh, I don't know if there's any other categories that you guys wanted to get into. I don't really have. Uh, Should we each like pick any? a genre for the hell of it? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Why not? I'll pick uh I'll pick action adventure. RPG? Uh I'll go sim strategy then. Okay. Ooh, so the awards for for best action adventure are Alan Wake to Spider-Man uh to Resident Evil 4, uh Star Wars Jedi Survivor and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Combining combat yeah. with traversal and puzzle solving. Yeah, which like I ge- this is generally one of my favorite genres. I think that's that's you know not unusual. Uh, I think in this industry in particular, these are the awards. These are the types of games that typically get a lot of uh, awards and attention. Um, of those, the best one that I have played at this point is probably Spider-Man Two, but I have not started up Jedi Survivor or Alan Wake yet. Um, but. I, I want to get to huge... Alan Wake, and I'm a huge Star Wars mark, so I would like to get to Jedi Survivor, but yeah. the performance issues, I was waiting until they fixed as many of those up as they could before I tackled it. Yeah. Survivor's I mean, definitely I have it, I have really it on interesting. Xbox, and I hear game. it's good, but... I feel like, like if Survivor is going to have a chance at winning, it's probably this category. Um, mm. I don't know if it's nominated for anything else, but I feel like it's the game that gets overshadowed in like the AAA blockbuster space. Probably because um, it was shaky on release in terms yeah. of like actual you know, quality. And, uh, Cameron yeah. Monaghan got nominated also for best performance, but that's the only other time that Survivor yeah, he, is. He's not winning that. <laughs> Sadly, no. No, no. He, not he a not. shot. I have not played Love it. him. Love him. Ben. He's not. Yeah, because that's nothing against his performance. He's just up against some some serious uh, competition. Year of Ralph he's up against he's up against Spider Man, Clive, Idris Elba, uh, and who does Neil Newbon play? Oh, the guy who plays Asterian. Yeah. Okay. Makes From Baldur's sense. Gate Three. That's that's the fan pick. Everybody loves him. Yeah, he's up against Asterian from Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, Melanie Libbard from Alan Wake 2, who I'm guessing is Saga. Probably. But I, I think know. so. But I, again, uh, need yeah. to get around and to then, And then Spider-Man and everybody's favorite voice actor right now, Ben Starr. Who's like ben Starr wins this Twitter easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no and way. the award for best Ben Starr goes to Ralph and <laughs> I mean, Ben Starr. <laughs> Yeah, and it's kind. It's kind of. I, I there's a degree to which I'm like. I kind of think this is. If he wins, I feel like it's kind of unfair because, like, yes, Clive was well acted, 
And yes, I think Ben Starr is great, but also he's captured everybody's hearts from social media. And so like, he's just living in everybody's head right now. That's the same I think also that, of Historian. Like, sure, that's, that is also true. Active, but yeah. That is I, also very true. I feel like Clive was so good. Um, like, the, the dude was just like made in real time and we kind of watched it all happen. Um, yeah. And that's, that's pretty like, that's a big deal. Like that leads to him being on social media and blah, 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 blah. Yes. Super yes. Like, yes. Holy and crap. I this guy's so good. Who the hell is he? And then, yeah. And if, I, and if he wins, I'm going to be super happy because he, he is a real, at, at least so far as, as my interactions with him have gone, he's a super cool dude. Yeah. And in fact, he's going to come up later on in this episode, but nice. I'll leave that. I'll Lovely. leave that as a little teaser for later. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, what were Chris, what was your, your chosen category? Or the I'm, there? I'm going to cede the floor to Lucas. Cause I looked at Sim's strategy and got really depressed. So I'm going to pick a different. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just let's skip that one. Okay. And we'll just count Chris. We'll just count that Ben star conversation as your, your topic. So yeah. Okay. Your, your, I'll, I'll your pick best narrative so. afterwards, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I imagine nice, Sim's strategy was a victim of the, the judging, uh, makeup. Just like Same thing that there's also just nothing games, yeah. here at the moment like yeah. <laughs> not a huge year for for the genre i don't think just yeah. in general really also yeah. disguise uh, seven isn't here mm, that's oh that's what the fuck how dare they i'm gonna have to i'm gonna they? have to complain about this topic now so yeah go ahead all right, cool. see first. all right we got best rpg um so we've got baldur's gate 3 Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. Um, I mean, Baldur's Gate 3 is just going to win it, right? Like, we could all uh, yeah, assume uh, this. of course. I mean, they might give it to know. Final there Fantasy. I don't know. There are a lot of Lies of P sickos. True. There are, but I don't know if they're necessarily in the same camp here. Also, it's cool if Baldur's to see Gate that 3 game wins, get a nod. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think it deserves it, but... Yeah. I'm kind of... That's another one I need to circle around to, frankly. Yeah, I played a little bit. It seems interesting. It's hard for me to think of, like, Souls-likes as RPGs, but they they are pretty much. Um, yeah. But, like, I'm actually kind of confused about Starfield being here because that game seemed to come out and just Do nothing. Sort of, yeah, meet yeah. everyone's expectations, like a flat line on a graph. Surprise, and, it's a Bethesda yeah. game. It's so weird, like, and I will give a half-hearted... Yeah, that's true. That's also true. What's that? I'd give a half-hearted defense of Starfield, but yeah. Yeah, it's just like, there were a, a lot, a lot, a lot of RPGs this year. Um, I think a lot of them, they got fairly big responses. Um, and seeing Sea of Stars makes a lot of sense, because that game hit really hard. Um but then like and it's very good yeah it's just really weird to not see like octopath on here um yeah i feel like there was other stuff that was really good but my brain is not functioning right now there were so many games this year it's just hard to honestly pick it (laughs) i think i think pound for pound moment by moment like percentage wise i think it's sea of stars in a walk kind of for me like I, can, I, I feel like all of the other games have way lower lows 
Mm-hmm. And Sea of Stars that, still yeah. has some pretty high highs. Like I feel like the consistent moment to moment, start to finish, all killer no filler. I feel like it's Sea of Stars, to be honest. I I have to agree with that sentiment. It's just whether or not the highs beat out. So yeah. yeah. And I know that that is that is like that's not um, like what game has the highest high is mm. all is like how some people think about it, and that's totally fair. I just I like when I'm. I'm, when I look for high highs in a flawed game, that's like my heart pick. And when I'm looking for my critics pick, I look for the thing that is flawless. You know, as like consistent that's, that's why, and like, strong as it is throughout. My, yeah. my my game of the year last year for critics pick was Hitman Three because there's fucking nothing wrong with it. It's a perfect absolutely game. like yeah. And you know, my heart pick I think was like Inscription or something like that, which like is a deeply flawed game, but it tries to do something really interesting yeah, and new and does a and pretty like, good job of it like i love inscription yeah but yeah I, and i, I love i love the of end of inscription it just made me want to quit three times before i got there you know what i mean uh so like that's kind of like the there are a lot of competing philosophies on on like how to run these sorts of things but uh yeah you know having picked the rpg you know uh nomination is there is there other than starfield like is there is there a clear winner for for you lucas um out of, out of these options i think that uh I always try to think like Game Awards brain. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not necessarily saying what do you think will win. I'm saying like what if you were picking, if you were voting on this topic, given these nominees, like who would, what would your thought be? I think out of these options, it's between Sea of Stars and Final Fantasy 16. Uh, that's that's a pretty hard one to choose, cause like sixteen has its problems, but I think overall, like it was just it it was like a kind of game where it, it washes over you really well if you're like kind of speaking the language. Yeah. Um, sea of Stars maybe is like friendlier. Um, in a way, you know what I mean? It's like you mm. you don't sit there like the flaws don't stick out as much. Um But maybe generally it's less notable. I know that it, the like the the plot and like some of the twists and things really spoke to me, but like that could just be a me thing. Yeah, I don't know, like And I can't deny that Final Fantasy 16 had some really badass moments. Like had some really cool stuff that it was doing. Yeah, I, I mean, th- we talked for freaking bad. hours really about true. about it. True. If you want to hear our our deep in depth thoughts about Final Fantasy 16, go listen to the Final Fantasy 16 deep dive episode because it's a banger. I think uh, I think the Sonic it. the Hedgehog ass Titan fight uh, puts 16 yeah. in the winning spot for me. I forgot about that. Nice. Yeah, so many. Yeah, like, I was I was thinking about the final fight. Yeah, which is like pretty Just crazy, incredible set pieces in that game yeah um and basically yeah. everything that had odin in it yeah like every every section that he was in every section that you know all that sort of stuff but it would just be nice to and see then, like uh, nis show up sometime or you know they almost never nice, get shown it? up here yeah. do they and they, they put out some really good stuff this year yeah um, sky seven is good yeah void terrarium too like, that, that game is you incredible. blew my mind when you mentioned it the other day. I'm like, they 
made a second one when yeah yeah i really liked the first one it was one of those little sleeper hit indies and i'm like wow this is really good i dig this so i gotta go track down that second one Oh yeah, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, they came out and nobody said anything. Um, Labyrinth of Galeria is really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't play that one. I have uh, I have Labyrinth of Refrain that I played, but that uh, game is awesome. Like uh, yeah, as far as like the first person dungeon crawlers, just mm. there was a New Legend of Heroes. Like those games have made enough of an impact. You think they show up here? Damn I haven't I haven't played Primachina, but I really enjoyed what I played of the of the preview. Yeah, Atelier Rise of Three, like mm, I didn't care for it as much as two. So yeah, I I guess it would have been more appropriate for like the first one to be on the list that year. I don't know, but just like something that isn't, I don't know, like they gotta have more sickos on the judge panels. I guess is what I'm getting at. That's true. They gotta and they gotta get yeah. the weebs. Yeah. Because I'll they defend the Starfield more than most people will give it, but not a lot. And it's definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah. flawed. I should, I wouldn't put it here, is the mm-hmm, thing, yeah. as much as I enjoyed myself with it. All yeah. right. Uh, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up with the quickness. We've been spending a lot of time on the Game Awards, way more than I thought we were going to, but this is us, so of course it's Yeah, we can long. always ramble about this stuff. Uh, let's be That's sad true. for a bit. Best sim strategy? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going narrative now. Okay, let's go narrative. It's like, do That's we want to be you angry do, you or do what you want? want? Be... No, you do okay, what you want. It's your, it's narrative your is better. I will feel better about talking about narrative because there's a discussion to be had rather than just, you know, complaints endlessly. So, like, okay. what are you doing? There you go. Done. Best narrative choices Alan Wake 2. Uh huh. Baldur's Gate 3. Uh uh-uh. uh. Cyberpunk <laughs> 2077 Phantom Liberty. Uh huh. Okay. Fantasy 16. And sure. Spider Man 2. I, I would. I'm like 60% or 65% through Spider-Man 2. I would say I, I, I approve this message. I think it's, I think it's good. I just, where I'm at so far, like I'm going to talk about Spider-Man 2 later on in this episode. In fact, we may just go straight into the discussion, but I think it's pretty easily better than the first two games for me, at least so far. But Fair enough. I'm curious for your deeper thoughts on that because... Yeah, I definitely want to hear it. And I've heard mixed things. Most people are like, it's good, but it just didn't make the same splash, you know? It's sort of like how everyone talks about God of War 2018 compared to Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, that one was fresh and new and holy shit, this is good. Whereas the other one is like, yeah, it's good. It's real good. Genuinely. But yeah, but I, I think, I think and because Will is, is not here, I can say this and not have a big conversation about it. Uh, <laughs> Love you, Will. God of War Ragnarok makes this, you know, makes the same mistake as Doom Eternal. It's just like, it makes mistakes that the first game didn't make. So like, I think that's part of it. You know, I think, I think when we're looking at, at these sorts of experiences, like the first one is more focused and more pure mm-hmm. and like, uh, and because of that, if it hit, if, if the, developers hit on what they're trying to do they're not trying to do a lot and so it's if if it hits it all hits because there's not a lot of extra stuff whereas in ragnarok they like they just they threw in like everything and uh, it, it was didn't games, really work for really. me and so yeah and so it that that made it significantly less interesting for me particularly over the long term which is another thing that i wanted to just briefly mention like one thing that i've been thinking about that uh 
that um, I forget who, who it was I was talking with this about, but one of the things I've been thinking about when thinking about uh, Game of the Year awards and things like that is like, what game did I really like from this year? But also, what games, when I look back at this year, what games will I remember? And that mm-hmm, changes mm-hmm. how I think about things sometimes. Yeah, that was the big throughput uh, question for you know episode 290, which, again, I'm going to hold up as one of our better ones in that we said, yeah, pick fine. These are extremely good games. Will we remember any of them? Will any of them stand the test of time? How many of them are going on our all-timer list as opposed to yeah. just this year? And for me, it's basically none so far. So, yeah. Yeah, what actually sticks with you can really be surprising when you sit and think about it. And yeah. that's that's how I've been trying to lean into. I've been trying to like change my thinking to lean more into stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think Goodbye Volcano High and Cosmic Whale Sisterhood are two of my favorite games of this year, uh, because both of those games say things, um, and they are. To varying degrees, I think Goodbye Volcano High actually does this more. Those are things that are going to stick with me, you know. And, you know, there are things that are, like, purely delightful. Like, Super Mario Brothers Wonder should win some awards because that game is fun as hell. Like, and it's just really creative and delightful and a joy. And a lot of life is difficult and we should take joy where we can get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, and we we shouldn't... If you enjoy yourself, it's not a waste of time, but like we also should like, you know, like Chris was saying, like we should be chasing all timers. Like we should be looking at something and we shouldn't, we shouldn't say, or at least I'm going to try to, I'm not going to be prescriptive about it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try not to be like, oh, that looks good enough. And instead be like, oh, that really speaks to me. I'm going to go really deep with it. Like I, I would like to play fewer games more deeply. Um, and maybe that makes for less interesting content, you know, but I, I feel like bouncing earlier off of things that don't speak to me and giving a real chance to things that are flawed, but like shooting for something unique. Um, I, I'm just going to become more me as the future goes on, I guess. There you go. But yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And that's, that's why, you know, there's a lot of things that I haven't played this year, but like one of the big ones that I'm definitely going to get to is Talos Principle 2 for that reason. Same. Is because like that is a game about philosophy and about, you know, and also fun puzzles, you know, and if you want to do one or the other, then you can do that. And if you want to do both, then great, you know. And so I, I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to treat myself with more grace, uh, and, uh, and try to push guilty thoughts out of my mind about what I should or should not be doing and instead just chase what really speaks to me. And uh, I uh, suggest that you do the same, dear listener. But anyways, uh-huh. if you feel depressed and just want to go play Stardew Valley for three months, fucking go for it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I'm beating my head up against the wall playing fighting games. Uh, and that, that kind of leads me to another thing that I wanted to talk about very briefly. Did, did we have any, uh, Chris Lucas, did we have any final thoughts about the game awards, uh, selections that we have not already talked about? No, nothing that's, we can't say for a later date. I think. Yeah. Aside from the best sim strategy situation is abhorrent and I hate it and make more RTSs please. And thank you. 
Yeah, <sighs> disgusting. Disgusting. And you said Disguise 7 wasn't even on there? Yeah, not even on there. Trash. And I just Trash. got robbed in 2023. That's the real story. That's Trash. Trash. Disguise six or Disguise Seven is really fun. Anyways, I'll, I'll, so I'll I, put it this way: Fire Emblem Engage is listed. Get the hell out! That alone means this entire category is wrong. It should not be suspect. a candidate. Get out! Get out! The game is awful. Damn. All right. Damn. Anyways, so I've been playing fighting games. That mm-hmm. will not be news to longtime listeners or even my friends here uh, who know me well as a fighting game uh, enjoyer. Bold strategy, but let's what, see if it pays out for him. But, yeah. but what is new is that I bought myself a new controller that I have fully committed to. Would you like to see it? Please. Yes. Here it is. Uh, I got myself, yes. I got myself a, a snack box micro. Uh, and I went down to... Uh, uh, guest host Ronnie Barrier's house. He had a snack box micro and I played on it for like four and a half or five hours straight. I thought about it the entire ride home. I thought about it as I was falling to sleep. And when I woke up in the morning, I was still thinking about it. And so I ordered one. Uh, and I have completely made the pivot away. I do not play fighting games with a controller anymore, which is a huge deal if you know me, uh, because I've played pad forever. Um, I, during the PS3 era, I did play on stick for a while when I was playing, when my main game was blaze blue. Mm. Uh, but ever since coming back, uh, to fighting games and playing in the modern era, um, I have only played on pad because of, uh, dragon ball fighters and things like this. But I picked this one up from uh, junk food, uh, custom arcades. Um, the buttons are just I don't know if you guys can hear that. No. No, I think the noise canceling on your uh, mic is too good. Couldn't hear a thing. Dang it. I'm really, I'm really clacking away. I'll have to turn that off later, but, uh, oh, I think, wait, hold on. It's showing up. It's showing up while you're doing it. Hey guys, can you, can you hear these clicky, these clacky things? Anyways. Uh, so they're, they're showing up on my podcast recording track so like people who listen to the show will definitely hear them but it is incredible i love it it is so fun to to play as um it took a little bit of getting used to and i'm still nowhere near as good as i was before but um my understanding is i mean some people have done things and it's like this is like empirically like the best control method as far as accuracy and reliability is concerned. There's also some cool shortcuts that you can do, which are really cool. Um, like with DPs or with like stuff like that. Um, like if I'm trying to do a half circle forward, I can literally just do that. Just like piano key, my, my fingers like that. Um, and it's super fucking fun, dude. I love it. And so that has, uh, that has thrown a little bit of spice in there. Anyways, it's it's super high quality. Uh, you can get one that works just for PC for I think like a hundred and something dollars, like one hundred and twenty or one hundred and sixty or something like that. Uh, mine was like two eighty, two seventy, something like that. But it has a Brooks board that works with everything. So mm-hmm. I think this mm-hmm. works with everything from like PS3 to now. So like PS3, PS4, PS5, uh, PC, Switch, uh, 
Xbox 361 series. Like, it works with, like, fucking everything. Um, which is why I ended up springing for uh, this one because when I was playing it, uh, I was playing on a PS5 and I wanted to be able to, if I end up traveling for, like, a tournament or something or I just want to bring this with me and somebody's got a setup, I can just plug in and I'm good to go. Yeah, um, it's universal. And, yeah, and it's also super, 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 super tiny. Like, look at my hand. Like, my, it's it's really, really small. Like, it's, it's really it's, thin, it's about, too. It is. It's incredibly thin. And it's like arcade sticks, which are usually a lot bulkier from what I'm I'm used to seeing. Super, super, super lightweight. Also, you can take, I got the one with the art case. So like this is translucent, which is just cool if you like translucent shit like I do. But you can also like take off this top and like you can pop like art stuff down there. I'm still trying to figure out what I would do with it. If I would put like my new Guilty Gear character in there, if I would put like the first character that I played when I came back to fighting games, which would be like Ragnar from blaze blue. Or if I wanted to go with like some of my dragon ball characters or just like some generic art. I saw one today that was like an anthropomorphic, like, uh, fries, hamburger and like soft drink. And it looked pretty cool. And so like, I, you know, I'd be fine with that, but you know, hunger force energy kind of. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. I really, really dig it. Um, I wish it had more buttons, but um, I'm not complaining because I'm having an absolute blast with it. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I've been doing with that. Um, and I highly recommend it. What I do not recommend is playing against the second best person mm. in your crew uh, while you are playing the hardest character in Guilty Gear Strive and trying to learn uh, Snackbox. That's what I would not recommend. But everything yeah. else I recommend. Before we move Every on, can you explain that thing at like a high level because I look at it and I can't wrap my head around. Uh, I mean like the, the buttons on the right, obvious, but uh, everything going on the left, I just don't, I don't. Oh, know. okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me explain it because I, I guess I just take for granted that people understand what this is. Um, so this is called, this type of a controller is called a leverless controller uh, because there is no, like typically on an arcade stick, when you get an arcade stick, uh, the, the titular stick is the joystick. Yeah. Uh, which I actually have. Hold on. Actually, where did it go? Oh, hold on. Let me go grab it. But yeah, I I assume that it just has buttons mapped in place of the actual stick function. So you know when he's doing the the motion, he's you know one of those buttons is down, one of them is right, one of them is left. So I assume that is how it works. All right, so this is a standard arcade fight stick. Um, so here's the joystick. You you move it around, and you know it's up, down, left, right, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then you've got your uh, your classic uh, six six button setup, and then with two extra buttons right here. So these are like for macros or whatever. Basically, this Shoulder is um, square, triangle, circle, and uh, X. And then these are R1, L1, and then R2, L2. So that is also the case on a leverless controller. The only difference is they swap this out for Mm. four directional buttons. So this is the uh, left button. This is the down button. This is the right button. And this is up. Um, And so you'll hold your, your fingers like this. And then you can go left, down, forward, up. Uh, and so you can get a lot more accuracy. Like you're not going to flub your inputs. So if I want to do a half circle forward, I just do left down forward. 
and I can just do that and I can do it way quicker than I can do it on a stick. Uh, and it's more accurate because I'm never accidentally going to hit up. Uh, because That's always the big thing, yeah. It's on it's a separate button. I'm jumping, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, and if I want to TK something or tiger knee something, which is basically an instant overhead, which is useful for, I used to play uh, Biken in Guilty Gear and she does this all the time. This is a core part of her mix-up. She would hit with the close slash and then she would either go into a crouching, uh, like kind of a heavy attack or she would go, she would, she would jump and then do her Yozansen move. But you want to do it as quickly as you possibly can and do it so you can do it as low in the air as you possibly can. So what you would do is you would go down, forward, up, and then this button. And it would do it basically, uh, she would buffer the down forward and then hit up and this button, which would mean she would jump and maybe one or two frames after she jumped, the move would come out. Or instantly, you know, ideally. And so being able to do that, just boom, just plink that sort of stuff like that is makes it like really, really easy to get these inputs out and to get them out reliably. And reliability is the name of the game with this thing, which is why I really love it. Um, accuracy and uh, consistency. Uh, and having just straight button inputs instead of an analog input uh, gets rid of a lot of problems. Um so yeah, so there's also like there's half circle back forward movements. So like one of the supers for my character, I play uh, Oscar Arkreutz in Guilty Gear Strive now, who is a ridiculously complicated character. And his super uh, is uh, forward, down, back, and then forward and either P or K. Um, when you're doing that on an analog stick, either on a controller or on an arcade stick, it's really easy to get jump as part mm -hmm. of that thing, because you're going all the way to the back and then you're going forward. And if you kind of tilt it even a little bit up, you might get jump and that'll interrupt the thing. This, I'm never going to get that. I'm just I'm just gonna take my thumb off of here. Boom, boom, done. I'm never, ever, ever going to get jump unless I actually press this button. Um, and so that's, that's what it's about. Um, People have actually in the industry taken uh, Hitbox, which I think was the first one. They've taken to calling it Cheatbox because there are some things that you can do. Um, like there are some things that are not possible on uh, other controllers. So like mm. you can you can push like you can you can push left and right at the same time mm -hmm. on this controller, which you can't do on another controller. Uh, yeah. You can push down and up at the same time, uh, and this kind of opens things up that wouldn't be possible on other controllers as well. Now there have been some updates to like what tournaments will allow you to do. So like there was a uh, an SOCD which I don't know what that stands for so don't ask me. Uh update where um it would where if you hit down and up, I think it was at the same time, it would give you neutral or it would give you if you did down and up at the same time, it would give you down. And I think now it gives you neutral. There was something where it was like for characters like Guile, they could actually block while doing their DPs so that if people didn't leave a gap, they would still be like crouch blocking or something. And if they mm -hmm. weren't like, then he'd be able to DP. There was some stuff where it was like making characters that were charge characters, like giving them a, a really big advantage over other types of, of like DP or uh, invincible reversal, like, uh, mechanics just because of the yeah. nature of the way that like being able to hold two different 
contradictory buttons. Yeah, that, at the that'd same be time. a complete game changer for any charge character. So I can immediately yeah. see where that would go. Yeah. So like there there have been rules on like what can be done, but also like even if you're just you know it's it, it's kind of like there were there were competitions for for uh, a long time and they still go on where it's like people will play like a first person shooter and people will be on uh you know controller versus mouse and keyboard and it's like mouse and keyboard is just better like yeah. it is just more accurate it is just faster it is just better and um and once i i i found that out like for myself i was always like very comfortable doing first person shooters and stuff ever since like the original halo on xbox i was comfortable doing them on uh on controller but once i started playing halo infinite on mouse and keyboard to do the stuff for like for guides writing and stuff um, to find like all the collectibles and all that sort of stuff um, on PC, I couldn't go back because I noticed immediately how much worse I was with the game on pad. Um, and so basically since then, I haven't played a first person shooter on console unless it's exclusive there. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's a reason they usually have some degree of um, like auto aim and aim assist in order to compensate for yeah. it because it's just impossible otherwise. You can get good with pads, but you'll never be at the set, at the absolute pinnacle that you can reach with M and K. So, yeah, and so that's that is one of the things you know. Other than just trying it for myself and enjoying it, that is one of the things that kind of uh, drew me to this. Is like people being like, "This is just the best way to do this," and then being like, "Well, I mean, I want to do things the best way to do them." So, mm-hmm. you know, and then I and then I tried it, and, and I I that kind of put the bug in my ear and made me want to try uh, Ronnie's, and then when I did, I like instantly was a believer like everybody was talking about how difficult it was to make the transition i actually transitioned almost instantly to like like very specific intuitive things um and ever since then i was like i like i see it i can see the i can see the path i can see the power and the potential and i like i want to go to there so that's what i'm trying to do right now your third eye is opened i think it literally was because i played street fighter 6 with this and i play Mm -hmm. luke and have being able to have this controller, uh, where like you can literally just go, and then that's your DP. Like I don't like complicated DP motions. Nah, forward down forward. You know what I mean? Or I think yeah. he, I think actually what what they said was you could just hold down and double tap forward and uh, and get the DP. That might actually not be true. There was something like that where it was like it was like I went from having like a pretty good like a seventy five percent hit rate with DP to like a hundred percent. Wow. Just like, just like, if I want a DP, it's coming out. You know what I mean? Which is like, that's all you can ask for. Because then it's just, it's not down to, you take the execution barrier out of it. And it's like, okay, now it's just me and my decisions. Like there's, you know, so if I'm going to get punished, it's for something that I meant to do. You know what I mean? Or something that I did, you know, mm-hmm. and not for something that like I intended to do, but like I, I kind of flubbed it up with my hands, you know? Yeah. The input and, is no uh, longer the issue. You have the thought process. You're now actually able to execute on what you knew on what you thought you could yeah. do. And then just, yeah, which is, which is like, yeah, yeah. a pure, more focused experience. And that's like, that's what any, any fighting game, you know, fan would like would want. And so, or at least that's how I feel about it. But yeah, I, I, I dig it, man. It's expensive. And also they are, they are, it took a while to get like it. Uh, I had to wait like about a month to get mine. Uh, but if you're getting one that just works on, I think PC and Mac, um, they're shipping out like right now. Um, but I just, I wanted one that it could be used on console and stuff like that as well. So it took me a bit, a little bit longer to get it. Cause they are, they're very popular. So, hmm. Fascinating. But yeah. Understandable. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, awesome. I, I dig it. I highly recommend it. It's super, super fun. But yeah. At the very um, least, I need a new gamepad just for general PC use. So I may end up, you know, going something like that if I can find something that works for me. But who knows? Yeah. I'm really curious to try to play. I haven't done it yet, but I'm really curious to play like TMNT or something with that. Like to just see mm. like, does that feel like, does that feel weird? You know what I mean? I feel like it'd probably be fine, but like, you know, that's, I, yeah, I played TNT be. Shredder's Revenge with my, like, with my arcade stick. Like, you know, I just find that to be a more, a more fun experience. Um, but let's not have me monopolize the conversation, uh, anymore for just now. Uh, and, uh, let's have, let's have somebody jump in with something they've been, they've been playing. Sure. I can, I can jump in. Um, so last week I talked about my, you know, initial impressions for Star Ocean 2 uh, remake. Uh, since then, I have rolled credits, so I think I okay. liked it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I just yeah, like... It must be all right. Ate that game to pieces, man. Um, yeah, I think uh, overall, uh, everything I said last time holds up. The game looks amazing. It's never not impressive. Um, especially like it starts to incorporate cutscene type things later on and just the way the lighting and everything um, impacts like shots of spaceships and stuff just looks super cool. Um, yeah, when the also, tech gets fancy a light game, it's much yeah, nicer. Yeah. Um, there were some pretty like there's a there's a big I guess turning point slash plot twist thing that happens that actually caught me off guard, um, and it really made me think about like the whole prime directive thing a little more. So it was like okay, I think they're trying to really show like what what can go poorly on the other side of it. Like wh- what happens when you know an ad- advanced civilization screws around with with less developed ones um in this case it's very bad um and you see elements of it all throughout like even before you get to the big ones later on because yeah just even i've just reached in my playthrough the part where you um basically where you go looking for the linguist And so naturally there's meteorite debris and shit, which clearly had artificial technology, which they immediately went and went, hmm, we can do some stuff with that. And so there's machinists and such in the town. It's like, aha, that can have some unintended consequences and then it will go from there. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, Like they, they, they really like, I don't know. I mean, like they really lean on Star Trek, but then it's got that like, Japanese, for lack of a better way to put it, game flavor to it, um, where they're just like, you know, they, they, they go weird in a very anime-like way um, that I think uh, it's more blunt, um, but I think they really do a, a good job kind of driving home their points, um, especially for a game that like is from the 90s. Um also like uh just i played around with the, the the crafting systems and stuff a lot more um and accidentally broke the game. i accidentally crafted the yeah. best sword you can get uh, for the main character and didn't even realize it until i like looked it up later um it's like oh i'm a god great 
yeah, like what the sword hits and then hits another six times every time I press the button. That's that's cool. Um, I think like there's definitely parts where it's like, oh yeah, this is an old RPG. Like the villains kind of just are villains. Uh, there's not really a lot of. I guess, I guess they're more like they're not antagonists. They're yeah. just villains. Yeah. They show up and they do some mean things. Um, and I guess they're kind of like a side effect of um, the stuff we're talking about already. I don't want to go too much in spoilers, but it's basically like uh, this civilization gets to like the end point of progress and can't decide what it wants to do or where to go. Um, it ends up going really poorly and then they basically cling to survival by uh, defying nature, I guess, cheating, um, and it backfires horribly. Uh, and I guess the villains are kind of a product of that. Um, and there's like interesting characters. Um, like there's <laughs> there's this guy. He's like fighting a dragon in a cave, and you beat the dragon, and then the dragon just like possesses him and then he's got these two little dragon heads coming out of his back and they like yeah, argue Ashton's back and cool. forth all the time <laughs> uh, it's it's not afraid to be silly um one thing that kind of annoys me about this game and i guess the rest of the series is they do this thing where it's like oh if you recruit this character then there's another one that's like the opposite that you just can't get and you don't yeah, know and- that <laughs> yeah, as much as as much as this game has done a lot to improve like the transparency of a lot of systems and such like that it doesn't make that clear at all it's like yeah. yes there is a there is a hard limit to the amount of party members you can recruit and certain ones are mutually exclusive not just for which character you picked as your main each of them has one you know mm-hmm. um you didn't get ds because you picked claude so for example but um yeah and then there's some which is like you don't realize until too late and it's like oh great so I don't know if they just want to encourage replayability and experimenting, but who knows? Like, yeah. you just do one run each and get the full squad, you know, with, uh, depending, but I just kind of went with whoever I get, I get. I didn't think about it too hard this time. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, and, and like to, to your point, um, when you beat it, it's like, Hey, here's like the ending of the story. And then here's a set of epilogues for the credits that are based on like, who was in your party and their sort of uh, relationship against each other. Yeah. So you get uh, these really modular epilogues. um, And I believe the game says there's like 99 of them in total. Um, Because it's like your main character. um, If they pair up with anyone in a friendly or romantic way, or they're by themselves or do any of the other party members pair up or they by themselves, and and there's just this giant uh like checklist that just fills it all in as you go so if you really want to sit there and like you know throw it out away then yeah you can that's interesting and it's it's like sometimes i look at things like um mass effect and how that's kind of impacted how we look at big rpgs where it's like so much revolves around like getting the relationship points up with all the characters and 
I, I get why that's appealing. Then we get into the then we get into the like transactional relationship discussion. Yeah. And, then... and also, it's just like, as soon as you can, will bang, okay? Yeah, and then sometimes it like takes over the story in weird ways. Um, here, it's like a bonus. It's like here's the story that we wanted to tell. Here's the ending, and then here's some little extras to reward you for uh, you know engaging with our little systems. Um, I appreciate that a lot. Um. If yeah. I may, I do feel that a lot of conversations and such earlier on, they mm-hmm. do kind of revolve around that. Like pretty much the entire time, they're all just like, oh, I see, it's you and Claude with Rainer. And it's like the back and forth. No, it's not like that. Blah, blah, blah. It's, there's so much of it. There is so that's, much of it. That's true. It gets pretty tropey. There, with the- there's, I'm fine with the tropes. I'm fine with it being decently charming. But like 80% of the dialogue in the early game is about that kind of thing or tangentially related. And it's like, Ah, uh, man, Baldur's Gate 3 wasn't the horniest game of the year. I see. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I guess that's for context. Baldur's Gate 3 was, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But like for context with Star Ocean, it's like you have the main story and then um, when you're kind of roaming off on your own, you can like go back into a town and find like uh, special conversations with your party members. Um, and they will sort of appear based on timing or based on previous ones you've done um based on like how you've progressed so far um and that's another thing this game marks it all it tells you like there's one here there's another one here this one's time limited it's got a little hourglass on it so instead of having to do the guesswork thing of like i'll just go into every town and see if i can talk to anyone and wasting so much time yeah, the um, PS1 era backtracking every time you make any kind of progress. It's like, okay, what has changed previously? Because there yeah. were games where it would punish you if you didn't go check one little place on the other exactly. side of the world in this very narrow window of time. Like and Half the time it's I'm nothing. Looking, I'm looking so at you, Tales like, of series. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Um, although, yeah, it does go really hard on the, the like, will-they-won't-they they thing. Um but it's, it's nice that the game communicates how that works and gives you the opportunity to kind of... Like, it doesn't give you everything because of the way they'll, like, lock you out of certain things or, like, you can still miss stuff. Um, it's definitely interesting playing an older RPG because I feel like those go a lot harder on missable stuff than, like, I'm used to Very these days. Very much so, yeah. Yeah. So it's like... Uh, FOMO. I, I, I want to go back and do all the things, um, but it's going to take me three playthroughs, and that's just not realistic. Um, but it's interesting to have to like deal with that, but have those extra tools so it's like visible. Um, yeah, I think I think that's about it. Uh, Chris, there was a, I was curious about your perspective because you you played the original back in, back in the day. I played the original and uh, I didn't end up finishing it myself, but I have seen how it goes. So nothing was you know, particularly spoiled for me or anything. I have reached the point where I'm slightly further than I was now mm-hmm. uh, back then. So still relatively early days. I want to say okay. like, again, like I, I basically just have been doing stuff shortly after going to the scholar town and trying to find the linguist and getting priests and such in my party and what have you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, that's where I'm at now. I am enjoying it. I am enjoying breaking the systems wide open, just getting yeah. to the point where it's like, you know, 
oh yeah, I sacrificed a few stats to just level up really quickly, and also my party members will just run off and kill the weaker enemies, so I just get free XP as I just roam around. It's like, I don't have to go on the battle, I'm just grinding on my own. It's, it's a good way to just, you know, put that out of my mind. It's like, I don't have to sit down and knuckle down, I'll just do it as I go, which takes off a lot of the JRPG bullshittery that can be there. It's really That's funny nice. watching your party members just, like, peel off while you're running your own direction just, just go fuck this one guy <laughs> yeah run back that's great that's great honestly that makes me way more likely to play it i haven't played a star ocean game in man forever i feel like i feel like the last one i played was on like ps2 or something yeah it's been it's interesting because like, a minute two is definitely probably oh it's generally regarded as like best in the series or up there so your mileage may vary um again i haven't played six i can't weigh in on it you guys say it's good i'll get to it one day maybe possibly which one but, is, uh, is that it's interesting uh, with star ocean killing. yeah divine force yeah, divine yep, force. last year last year yeah, i think, yeah, I think yeah, the last before. one i played was till the end of time yeah that was uh three so ps2 oh my god this was a bad idea because yeah Pepsi. green screen no there we go Oh, okay. Never mind. Anyway, um, yeah, the Star Ocean Two made. is interesting because like it is the one where people are like, "Oh, that's the best one! Oh, that game's so amazing." Um, but then like interest in the series in general just seems to really just taper off, and it's like uh, I don't know if it's because like three was super poorly received or four was, and then people were just like, "All right, three whatever. was decently well received, four was not." five was not which is funnily enough because that previously that's the only one i've ever actually sat down and finished mm. and i couldn't tell you a damn thing about it i don't remember <laughs> anything about it oh man so, yeah it's it's cool people are showing up for this one it seems um and yeah it's good i you know that we, we've had some rpg discussions in the past on like what some of the front runners or like you know I've, you know, I might want to do like dedicate like an entire episode to this, like just a specialist episode on like get get all of the RPG sickos together and be like, grab Scott White, grab what is the, yeah, Lucas yeah. and I, and then just go, all right, have at it, and we just beat each other to death over yeah. which is which is the waifu, and maybe maybe I can, I mean, because I have a, a lot of RPG experience, it's just not as exhaustive, and digging into like some of the lesser known franchises like like you guys like you guys have like i have some of that but like not to the degree like it it was my my genre for a long time but i've i've since kind of moved away from it but it might be fun to kind of got a lot of history so yeah it might be interesting to kind of referee an episode like that where you know we kind of get into like who do we feel like are like the real historical front runners who do we think is is you know, despite critical reception, who do we think is actually leading the charge and like making the best stuff? What, like what series has the best hit rate, you know, that sort of thing. I'm very curious about all of this because, because there are things like the tail series and the, you know, the trails series. Trails series. Yeah. I was, was going to say it. Tales I just, and trails. Like, you know, there's tails, there's trails, there's star ocean, there's final fantasy, there's dragon quest. There's, you know, there's a ton, uh, you know, of games in the series. There, there's stuff that isn't re- that's only like tangentially related to it. But I'm always so curious to know, like, is there something that would really speak to me in the way that like the old early 
Final Fantasy games did basically up till 10, um, mm-hmm. but would like really, you know, jive with me now. And like playing Sea of Stars and having that resonate with me so powerfully, um, kind of, you know, and there've been a couple of other ones where it's just like, man, like maybe that, maybe this, you know, <laughs> I just thought of it the line about, you know, the, the Luke, uh, you know, Luke and Vader being like, you know, there, there is still, still, uh, still good in you. The emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. Like there is still <laughs> love for RPGs. It hasn't been driven away fully from my heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I, you know, I kind of want to, you know, find that, you know, and, and see, are there some corners of, of this genre that really have something for me? And you know, like, listening to you talk about this new, this new in quotes, star ocean game, like the, you know, I kind of want to check it out. So. Anyways, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, um well, I'd be down for it. Gosh, what what's the what's the platformer's seal of approval thing again? Oh, catch the fever. Catch the fever, yeah. I I, I think catch the fever is, is appropriate for Star Ocean too. <laughs> uh, nice. I give it the the, the seal. Nice. Uh, that is a nice. Great so game. This gets yeah, I'm still away at it, but I enjoy it and it is good to revisit and I'll probably give something similar once I get around to hitting credits. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, Chris, did you want to uh, to steal the puck for a moment, or shall I take it back? Uh, I'll briefly talk about something that I've just started playing. Um, okay. So th- there's a handful of things I've been meaning to go back and, you know, new games, old games, etc. touch on. A lot of that got sidetracked because I picked up Heroes of the Storm for research purposes. Research purposes, he says, and then (laughs) relapsed horribly into a massive addiction. I've played so much of that game, it still rules even after five years. What the hell, Blizzard? You you let it die. Why? Why? Please. Fumbled the bag. Fumbled the bag. It was the only MOBA that I cared about. It, I honestly think it'd be better if it had been released now, when a time when Overwatch doesn't steal all its thunder. But um, who knows? Maybe one day it'll get a second shot. But uh, yeah, it's great. That's that's a thing I've been doing, but not what I wanted to talk about. That's just been stealing my time. What has been my focus for the last couple of days, when I can find the time, is like a dragon guide in because yeah. I am a Yakuza sicko, and this is a good one. That's, uh, that's so. Japanese Grand Theft Auto, ain't it? Yes. Yes. That so is exactly what, so what it what, is. Okay, which 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 one of these are you playing now? Uh, this is the latest one. It's the spin-off, kind of, that um, basically is in between 6, 7, and probably 8 as well, which focuses on Kiryu, the old protagonist of the series who obviously seven and onwards has put Ichiban in issues. And even though he continues to show up in ways, um, this is basically just like, so what happened in between? What has he been doing in there? Cause they, the ending of six was a really good, like wrapping up point for his story. And I really enjoyed the ending of it. I thought it was a good place to just kind of close it out and move on to something new with it. And so there's a little bit of grumbling, both from me and others. It's like, just, just, let him rest. He's done enough. But it's still good to see him. He's still interesting. His circumstances and his stories are still being well told and well fascinating. And there's a wealth of side content in 
shenanigans and bullshit that's going on all throughout. And yeah, some of the best beat em up action in the in the business, really. And this one goes right back to it. It's not turn-based RPG like the numbered ones are. It's yeah, and it plays like some of the older ones for good and for bad. It's got mm. some improvements from like games like Judgment and Lost Judgment. Not all of them. Sometimes it walks back a bit. Sometimes it feels a bit janky. But for the most part, I really enjoy the new fighting style Kiryu's got. I like the revision of his older one. I like the story that's going on so far, though it has kind of hit a slight pacing snag where it's like, okay, cool. We've set up the intro hook. Now let's go get you acquainted with all the side content we have. You don't mm-hmm. have to do it, but it's here. And it's like, okay, fine. I love their I enjoy side doing content. it that's that's the games right and frankly i enjoy doing it it is fun to just you know play the games holistically and just roam around be a virtual tourist just go i want to eat here i want to you know go play mahjong for six hours don't tell anyone that's what i do but i'm gonna go play virtual fighter (laughs) five yeah exactly i'm gonna play old sega games instead of the new one whatever but yeah, it's it's a great time. It is uh, apparently somewhat shorter than the average one, slightly less in terms of new side content. Most of it is recycled and such, which is honestly the the unsung secret of um, RGG Studios. It's just they have been reusing assets and things in such a way that you don't really realize it unless you've been playing a lot. But it works. Like yeah. It, certain aspects like certain model models poses rigs etc as much as they update everything else you could still see some of the same animations and such they had on the ps2 and they just Mm. reuse and repurpose this stuff to a very good degree which is how they're able to churn out these really densely packed content rich games basically every other year or so and like three in the span of 12 months this time around so why not yeah I, mean, I imagine I it helps that like most of those games are set in the same location. Um, Very much so. And it's always interesting to go back. Yeah. Like it, it, the first thing I do is like, okay, uh, here is a familiar city. I've been here a couple of times in this game, this game, this game. What's changed? What's new? What do I recognize? What do I not? You know, are some of these old characters still around? Are they, you know, alluded to, but not there? Things like that. And it's, it's always just, again, virtual tourism. The first step in any new Like a Dragon game is to go hit the streets of Kamurocho. Although, yeah. not so in this one, because for obvious reasons, Kiryu was not going anywhere near there. So yeah. this one is mostly set in Sotenbori, Osaka. So, mm. Which is probably the second most visited location in the series, I think. It's mm. been in quite a few. So, yeah. But yeah. Um, so it sounds like, like this is not a game you play <laughs> the first one. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. This is very much um, very series referential. Very, you should probably know. It gives you a few flashbacks and such, but um, do not pick it up here. If you're yeah. curious about Like a Dragon, go play Zero. Just go play Zero. It's probably the best one still. And then go back and, you know, proceed through if you want, or just then you can come forward and check this shit out. But, uh, yeah, not a good entry point, but for uh, like a dragon sicko like me, I'm eating good. So, so far, nice. so good. Curious to see how it wraps. That's very a nice, series nice. that I've always dabbled in, but have never managed to finish one. Um, it gets sometimes like I come that. really close. Uh, but yeah, those games are cool. I, I respect them a lot. Um, they remind me of River City Ransom a lot. 
Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of that uh, that energy, really. Yeah, and I love that game. Yeah. Good series. Two One things day. we've learned. Two things we've learned this episode. One, that uh, the Game Awards should definitely have uh, major site freelancers that are genre experts on their panels. Uh, and two, that uh, sometimes Lucas comes really close. <laughs> Those are the two things that we've learned. And I guess, <laughs> I, I guess, there we go. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry, but I'm also extremely not sorry. I spared you all the comments when you were talking about DPs and, you know, in your <laughs> yeah. control scheme. So that'll come back to haunt you if you do that. That is true. And you know what? You should have given it to me with both barrels. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm oh, sorry. No. I'm so sorry. No, you're not. Don't ever be. I'm not. I'm not sorry at all. I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> oh, goodness. Madness. Well, now that we've been thoroughly derailed, uh, pass the baton back to you, Brian. What else has been happening? Uh, well, if we're going to... Oh, uh, I wanted to honestly. So what was that What was that game that you were talking about that was like a dragon what? Uh, Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Came out uh, beginning of November, like less than a week ago. Okay. So I was told that that would actually be a decent place for me to jump in, but I guess not. By whom? By whom? By the person who was representing the game when I previewed it at PAX West. Oh, really? Yes, and Mass Effect 3 is the perfect place to jump into the series. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, Brittany Bombacker also had said something like this to this effect on Twitter, and I was like, cool, because I'm planning on jumping into this one for the first time. Because, like, I played it. It's the first one that I've ever played. I've never played a Yakuza game. Uh, before Look, or i guess now it'll like a hold dragon up game. to a point but there will be a lot of little references little recurring <laughs> characters little nods and things that are very much again for the people who know right like yeah i've seen very familiar characters who have just appeared in multiple different games as little side quests there's certain yeah. characters which don't make an appearance which made me just go cowards cowards let them meet but um yeah, yeah, like I complained to and, my my buddy Ricky about that. So uh, shout out to you, Ricky, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, and I get I get that, but you know, I I'm like kind of the opposite. Uh, I'm kind of the opposite uh, side of the coin as a frequent uh, frequent host. Uh, Will Berger is where he's like, we don't really need remakes because you should just play the original. I'm like. The fresh coat of paint and the quality of life bonuses are what get me in the door to experience this sort of thing. So, like, when people are like, oh, play, like, Yakuza 0, I'm like, ah, that game is kind of old. No, it's not. If you're mistaking it it for the PS2 Yakuza 1, maybe. That one's a hard ask. Zero is not that old. Okay. Well, I have looked at some Yakuza games previously, and... I'm going to be blunt. I, uh, regardless of when they came out, they kind of look like ass and that's kind of a big deal for me. And this new one, like I played it and I was like, it's looked pretty good. Plays pretty good. You know, like it I'm, does look I'm, really good. I'll give I'm you game, that. you know, uh, it, it, it's, 
if the style of the game, if like the the aesthetic style of the game doesn't speak to me, like I gotta get I gotta get something because I'm not gonna play a game that doesn't appeal to me stylistically. Mm-hmm. That also isn't like pushing something or like isn't about because like it's the Yakuza games are not about something that I'm interested in at all, and mm-hmm. they don't they don't appeal to me. They don't draw me in stylistically. Like you know what I mean like. You look at Strive or you look at Dragon Ball and it's like, these games are like very interesting to me specifically. Like mm-hmm. this sort of stuff appeals to me. Very real world stuff. colors and visuals, yeah. Real world stuff with like no, like it's not futuristic. It's not fantasy. It's not, like it's just the world. And I know mm-hmm. that they do stuff with that. Like there's, I saw some clip on Twitter where somebody was fighting like a giant lobster or some shit. Like, that's kind of weird and interesting. It gets you know really I mean? weird in seven for that exact reason because it's you know it plays with the RPG mechanics and then Ichiban's imagination is too friggin' overpowered. But yeah, yeah. But like apart from those things and like I don't know how how often those sorts of things happen. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of don't care about mobs or gangs or like yakuza like i i don't that's not you know what i mean like i not i don't into, watch not like, into the crime drama kind of stuff yeah that's i don't fine. i don't watch mafia movies typically like mm-hmm. just because that's just not interesting to me so like it, i gotta have something to latch on to so you know going back to like an older game that like feels a little bit kind of clunkier or like doesn't look as good like that's going to be a much harder ask for me on something that's already kind of a hard ask for me but everybody i know is like dude you have to play the like a dragon games like they're so good mm-hmm. And like they are worth it. They really know. are worth it. I didn't think I would love them as much going in. And then I just, you know, caught the fever. And then I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to sit down and in the span of 18 months play through the entire series basically back to back. Damn. You know what so, I think I've kind of talked myself into it. I think that even though this isn't a good entry point, I think since it's the one that I played and I enjoyed it, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it. Fuck it. Okay. So the the thing that that gives me pause and I haven't played or touched it um like normally i i tend to agree with you like the you know an entry point is what you make of it um especially with things that have been around forever but like yakuza for the longest time was about this dude and follows like his story and i i'm just having a hard time imagining this like here's what this guy who's been the lead forever kind of was up to on the margins during this other time yeah it's hard to picture that having like um they give you a quick flashbacks of recent events but not the full extent not the legacy not the things he has really done to earn that kind of reputation over multiple events because as you know you go through more games his legend grows too because he's doing mm-hmm. more shit and he's tried to get out before and it didn't work because he just got too big and so people couldn't just let him go. It's like either they needed his help, they wanted revenge, this, that, and the other thing. And Kiryu just kept getting increasingly frustrated to the point where he had to, again, erase his name and walk away. Yeah. That was, yeah. But it doesn't showcase that well. It implies a few things, but not, yeah. Not so then, to the so closest then- extent. So then so like, would the Ichiban stuff that's not about Cosmo Kiryu be better? Like, would it be better for me to do, like, just the game that came before yes. this one? It depends. Yes, but again, that is all, also a big genre shift. So if you yeah. really want to get into the, like, the beat-em-up action and such, 
you don't get so to there's no the good answer for me basically no, no, there isn't there is there is there is there is a good answer and it's yakuza zero i'm not kidding here okay, okay take it from me take it from me brian your friend series veteran and everything sit down with yakuza zero whatever your misgivings sit down play through chapter one if you are still not convinced at the end of chapter one but still kind of on the fence play until chapter three if you're really not in then then fine i get it it's not for you that's cool but trust me you will probably be into it by the end of chapter one if not definitely by chapter three of yakuza zero okay regardless of it being coming out in like 2016 regardless of this that and the other thing it looks good it plays great it has wealth of side content and probably the best story as well as being positioned for a good entry point it's good it's really good trust me as cool as gaiden looks as fun as it is to play for a sicko like me start with zero please do yourself a favor you will thank me <laughs> later so brian did you say you had already started gaiden uh no i played i played through the first bit of it uh during pax west at my press appointment so, so i do not have a copy of the game i could i could reach such. out i could reach out to them uh and get one i know that we had talked about that but i i actually didn't know i knew these were already pass, out but uh day one so oh Sick. interesting okay so well i have when, I have when you pass, so. when you played it at pax was it like a slice or was it like the beginning of the game um it'd be a slice or do you for know? sure I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess if you if you guys have played through the beginning of it, uh, it was a section. We started the the game, and I got off of a helicopter, and I was at some sort of a gambling. That's spot. where I just got to. That's towards the oh, end of okay. chapter two. Okay, so that's that's okay. where I was. Never mind. I was going to be like, are you confused about who the hell this guy is, or anything, or but that no, because I, I, like I, I just yeah. I mean, that, I, that's I can see why they picked that as the press uh point because yeah it is like that area does visually stand out it has lots of mini games and content and such in dense location you that's probably the best way to just get like a quick slice of it without just roaming through or starting at the very beginning because there will be cutscenes, there will be dialogue there will be a lot of mm. that because mm. it is again it is a moody crime drama it takes its time with these things yeah. it can be a bit yeah. slow at times but mm. it is worth it and it will pull you in if you're yeah. even a little bit open to it. And I I also like it doesn't really bother me and I don't really take it too seriously. And I, I you know, I I mean this with the utmost respect. I like I don't I don't take it very seriously when people are like, Well, you'll probably get lost. And I'm like, ah like I mean, I know that I won't get like the references that they make to earlier stuff, or like if somebody shows up and their their appearance like is somehow meaningful, but like the game doesn't say it. Otherwise it just leaves you to know, mm -hmm. like if you know about them, like obviously I'm going to get miss that sort of stuff, but like I'm also somebody who played all of blaze blue and that plot and story made sense to me where like I would constantly for years and years and years go into a game spot and like somehow blaze blue would come up and they'd be like, Oh man, that's the most confusing story ever. I'm like, dude, it makes perfect sense to me. Like, I don't understand why you're lost. Let me explain to you what quantum physics, quantum entanglement and causality and observation mean. You might just like, be superhuman, Brian. I mean, I did. I, I mean, I, I don't want to, 
I mean, now I'm going to be painting a fucking target on my back, but I did, <laughs> I, 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 I will, I guess I will just put it this way. I did do some IQ testing as part of like psych stuff in college and I quite, quite, quite good. So maybe, maybe I am, maybe I am borderline, but you know. But I've got a lot but of. Did other... you figure out how to get onto the quantum moon in Outer Wilds? That's the true benchmark. Uh, well, considering I dropped off Outer Wilds because the airship controls are ass, uh, no, I did not. But you know, whatever. That's you on, still that's, have much that's, to that's, learn, my apprentice. That's on my that's on my all time like get back to it list. Then you like, just sit you in front of the Kingdom Hearts lore and see what you do with that. <laughs> I mean, I was a huge That's Kingdom tough. Hearts fan forever, so. There you go. Yeah, but look, there, there's there's bringing a guy into something you like, and then there's waterboarding. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I think Kingdom mm, Hearts 3 might legitimately be the most disappointed I've ever been by a video game release. Really? I have well, never seen I have never seen a bigger drop-off from main numbered entries in my life. Kingdom Hearts 2 is an all-time banger action RPG and Kingdom Hearts 3 fucking sucks shit. Damn. So, and you can take that shit to the bank. That game doesn't get good until like the last two hours. Well, Ugh. the lore kicks in. <laughs> yeah. When they do something that's unique to Kingdom yeah. Hearts. Yeah, yeah, funny that. When they're not just retreading Disney movies and yeah. they actually go, oh, by the way, we have our own story. Let's get to that, shall we? It's fucking crazy that the stuff... And Oh, and guess what? By volume, Kingdom Hearts 2 has the most new stuff. The most yeah. stuff Kingdom that is specific Hearts to Kingdom Hearts. And that's why it's great. the best one. I'm not going to fight people on that. I don't. I, I dropped yeah. off Kingdom Hearts well into it, but 2 is legit, as you say, an all-timer. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Valor forms, like, that shit is awesome. Like, like I would, I, I mean, I'm going to say something potentially blasphemous right here. I would put it up there with Devil May Cry as far as, like, pure <laughs> combat that I enjoy. Oh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sure I don't agree with it, but I understand and I respect yeah. it. And if it was for any game that wasn't too... I'd be like, get the hell out of here, bro. No, 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 no. And I would never, and I would never in a million years say, like, I, I think that, I think the difference between, 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 the difference between three and two is fucking laughable. The difference between one and two is severe, even. Like, I think that two is like head, shoulders, knees, and toes above the rest of the series. Um, And I think that the second best one, the, the second best one is probably Birth by Sleep. Purely that from, seems to be the consensus, yeah. Purely from a mechanical standpoint. And then, like, after that, it's, like, Chain of Memories and then, like, everything else. But I'm a, I'm a sicko who played Chain of Memories on Game Boy Advance. Same. My favorite part of Kingdom Hearts is the ice cream homies. Hell yeah, dude. Three, five, Roxas, eight in two days, baby? Yeah. Roxas, Axel, and... and uh, Zion. Zion, S- Zion yeah. Sh- Shion. Shion. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. The best. Man, dude, Rocks better than had any right to be. Still not the best, but all right. I, I I think three stands better in my mind than it should because of the ice cream homies. <laughs> yes, yes, it. I can tell. I don't know. And here's the thing: you can tell me that without me knowing how high you think it should be or how high it actually is. And I can tell you, you are right. It Ooh, does. That makes sense. It does. 
<laughs> it absolutely does. <laughs> the core. I, of I most saw narratives it. are character relationships, dude. dude not what, even the horny kind. As as just an aside, like as a, an aside to this rant, like when I saw the critical consensus uh, about this game, uh, I was appalled. Like that was one of those. <laughs> that was one of those. One of those scenarios where like. I like I did the I did the and now I'm just gonna shit on things for a while. Uh so like I, I played I did I wrote the the walkthrough and the guide for one punch one punch man a hero nobody knows. I love one punch man. If you look back on the shelf, that is all one punch man manga. Oh, I fucking wow. I fucking love one punch man. It's awesome. It's Episode great. one of it. One Punch Man on Netflix is one of the best opening episodes of anything I've ever seen. Like it's fucking. Yeah, they nail it. It's it's immaculate. fucking unstoppable. It's so good. Um, and One Punch Man: A Hero Nobody Knows is one of the worst games I've ever played. And when I saw that the IGN reviewer and I was writing the guide, so I was playing this game on PS5 or PS4 before it came out, oh, no. and writing the guide for it, and it fucking it's awful. It is atrocious. It is atrocious. The IGN review gave it a six, and I told my managing editor at the time. That is disgustingly too generous. Like, <laughs> I'd have given it half that. Oof! Like, I'm I'm to the realm you, of God hand with you. It is trash. <laughs> it is trash. Damn. It is trash. It is tr- fucking trash. Anyway, disclaimer: I'm referencing the God hand IGN review, which is legendarily bad. God hand itself fucking rules. Do not crucify me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, 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 anyways. So we're yeah. talking about like a dragon Gaiden. <laughs> Diatribe about I don't even know what we're talking about at this point. Look, in summary, play like a dragon. There you go. Stop what, zero, what, what, please. What was the even the, the the narrative thrust of that diatribe that we went on? I know that we started with with that and started with like entries that you should get into. What got us on this thing of on the? Kingdom I have Hearts no theme? idea. Where, I I've already completely forgotten where the Kingdom Hearts kicked in. So who knows? It came from Blaze War, which came from talking about oh confusing stories. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah. Okay, diatribe about confusing stories. So confusing, we have already forgotten how we got to it. Disappointing entries. There we go. go. If you want to talk about, you know, disappointing entries, uh, let me sit you down about Xenoblade 3. No, don't. don't. Okay. So, so, okay. So we've talked about confusing stories. We've talked about disappointing entries. Let me talk for a little bit about a game that is neither of those things. I'm going to talk to you, dear listeners, at this uh at this point about marvel spider-man 2 oh my god oh my god he's done it so i have been playing uh for the last three days maybe more than maybe more than three days uh i have been playing marvel spider-man 2 on ps5 um Almost exclusively. I think other than other than like trying to practice with my snack box on Guilty Gear and like a little bit on on uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, I've been playing Marvel Spider-Man 2. Um, that has been my main focus. I think I will probably play this primarily until it is done and then I will go back to like Baldur's Gate 3 and maybe dip into some of the other uh, goatee stuff that I have to get through because I'm going to be very busy over the coming weeks. Uh, basically for the 
rest of the month. But um, man, I was incredibly underwhelmed by the prologue uh, of this game. And so I did that, took a break from it for a while to finish Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood and uh, some other games uh, for the show. And then I was like, ah, like, I got this game. I really do like Spider-Man. He's one of my favorite superheroes. Uh, everybody's talking about how great it is. Let me go back. And um, basically, as soon as I started playing it from that point, I was in. Um, mm. Which is crazy because I was actually talking to uh, some other people. And for some other people, they think that the opening of uh, Spider-Man 2 is like one of the best things in gaming this year. And I was like, wow, I found, I found that like profoundly uninteresting and unimpressive. Uh, but I mean, I guess your mileage may vary, but, uh, yeah, as soon as I got to the story, as soon as I, you know, was playing through, I was introduced to the characters. I kind of figured out or thought I figured out what the story was going to be. It was off to the races. Um, and you know, I've talked about Spider-Man before, you know, I, I, talked about it on on this show when the original one came out i talked about miles morales when it came out um you know spider-man is 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 you know a top two superhero of all time for me and i think that if i'm being super honest while i was playing through this i started thinking about this my my favorite uh i mean i've got my i've got my little laptop here and i've got i've got my two favorite superheroes on it Uh aha So, uh, I've got a bunch of pictures for listeners who are not watching the show. I've got a bunch of pictures on here, uh, including, you know, I got Mega Man, I got Goku, I got Darth Vader, and I've got, uh, Superman and Spider-Man and Superman is, I've said for a long time is my number one favorite superhero because I think that he is an ideal to strive towards. And that's really, really important. Symbol of hope. Yes, he is a symbol of hope. Um, and I feel like he's kind of unassailable in that way. Like he has a lot of like small, beautiful moments in his comics and, and stuff. Um, it's been hard to kind of get that recaptured in the silver screen and uh, less so on television. I think there's there's more examples of good Superman stuff on TV than there is in the movies. Um, but I think that Superman is also like really misunderstood. And sure. uh, people... Uh, almost all of his video games are bad. There's like one or two exceptions and they're like, I think both for the Super Nintendo, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Wouldn't but, surprise me. Yeah, Death and Return of Superman is one and then I forget the other one hmm. um, because I didn't play it as much. Um, but actually, humorously enough, I think that probably my favorite Superman movie is either the original Christopher Reeve Superman movie or Superman Returns with Brandon Routh because Brandon Routh is an excellent Superman. He understood the assignment. I like that um, movie too. It's really, really good. People shit on it all the time. Like it, I think the critical reception was quite bad, uh, but that is, I I feel like both the Superman and the Lex actors really understood what they were doing and really captured those characters in like a really beautiful way. Also, Parker Posey is fucking hilarious in that movie. Like, She's great. But anyways, go yeah, go watch Superman Returns. Brandon Routh is a great that Superman. A the fact time. that we didn't get a second Superman movie with Brandon Routh in it is a fucking crime. Like, that is such a huge bummer. 
But what anyways. sucks is that I think Henry Cavill is a good Superman in terrible movies that do they, not understand they gave him Superman. the Zack Snyder. Talk about yeah. someone who would not understand the assignment at all. Yeah, God, man. He turns him a, into a libertarian icon. So. Yeah, what a fucking bummer, dude. But anyways, uh, so I, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about uh, a few years back, I was I was... I would always say, oh, these are my favorite bands. And then I actually sat down and thought about like what what bands I love that that like hit me with fucking every album. Like every album I love. And I was like, well, I should probably stop saying that this band who has like my favorite album of all time, but I hate all of their other stuff. Like I should probably like say these are my favorite bands because like I can listen to their entire discography and I love it. You know what I mean? And I started to think about Consistency over highs and lows. This is what we were talking about. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. And it comes back to this. And I was kind of thinking like, man, like I think, I think pragmatically, like if we go for, you know, hit rate, I think Spider-Man might actually be my favorite superhero because like his shit is usually really good. Like, you know, there are definitely some misses, but like there's really like, there's so much that I like in this, in this universe. And with these characters, like I really like Peter. I really like miles. You know, I like Gwen, like they've made something of the three of them, you know, whether in the spider verse stuff, like my daughter really watches, um, Spidey and his amazing friends, which is on like Disney plus. It's like a kid. It's like a kid show. The main characters are Peter miles and Gwen, and they're all kids hanging out together. They're like six or seven years old and they get into hijinks and stuff like that. And then like T'Challa shows up and he's also a kid and they, you know, they're going on adventures where like the green goblin rides around on his glider and makes a bunch of stinky gassy mess in the park and they have to like clean it up, you know, or like Peter will invent something that like runs around and Katamari Demacy's like rolls things up and like they have to figure out how to stop it from eating all of the stuff in their house. You know, it's just like really cute and innocent and like there's a lot of value to that. But as I was playing through this, I thought about that and I was like, man, Spider-Man is just a really great character and he has a lot of really great stories to tell. Um, and the, the industry and the film industry and you know, all those, uh, basically all these creative places really like to tell specific stories over and over. And, um, you know, origin stories and again and again and again, origin stories, or they like to tell like, you know, when you look at Spider-Man three, where it was like, Raimi didn't know anything about Venom, but they were like, well, you should put him in cause he's popular. And it's like, well, but I don't really have a story to tell about him. Like that, ga- that movie would have been so much better if Venom wasn't in it. And if it was just about Sandman mm-hmm. and, and uh hobgoblin, but it wasn't, you know what I mean? And, uh, and I think the movie suffered because of it. And, um, I think it's really easy to get bogged down in including a lot of characters just for the sake of their inclusion without actually having something to do with them. And one thing that I think is really great about Marvel Spider-Man two is that it does have a lot of characters in this game, but it handles all of them very deftly. Um, if they don't have a lot to say with a character, they don't try to say a lot with the character. If there is a villain that is meaningful and would be good to have in here for some element that they bring to the story, they do that, but they don't spend a whole lot of time on the screen. They get in and get out. Like there is a lot of, 
this is kind of wild to say in a game that's like, I think between 20 and 30 hours long, but there is a lot of brevity here. You know, hmm. uh, if you want to just go from story mission to story mission, you know, you can do that and you're going to get like a good story. And I think the way that it's, that it, uh, you know, this is the first game in the, in the series that juggles between your protagonists in the way that this one does. Like there would be previous levels where like, Oh, in the first game, you're Mary Jane or in the second game, you're, you know, this, this character or whatever. Now you're actually going back and forth freely, kind of like GTA five style between miles and Peter, whatever you want. And there are certain things in the open world that one can do and certain that the other can do and certain that both of them can do. Um, and they both have their own things that they're dealing with. And they also have things that they're kind of, you know, that miles and Peter are dealing with together. And, uh, so far the way that they have balanced that has been really, really good. I like it. It's, it's pulling me along. I'm really interested in what's happening. Um, there have also been like in the, you know, like in the first and second games, there have been a lot of swerves. Like they're not just telling the Craven, the Hunter story. Like they're not just doing that. They're not just telling, you know, the Venom story. Like it's different, you know. There are certain elements of it that will definitely ring true to people who have like read the comic series or things like that, but they also take a lot of liberties, you know. And if you've seen the trailer that has, you know, that has, uh, you know, Black Suit Spider-Man in it, like you'll know, like this is not... You know, this is not the venom from the comics. This is very different, and even what's what's going on with Peter is is different. And uh, I, I mean, Insomniac is crushing it, man. Like they they are. I think pound for pound, they're I think they're good. They are probably Sony's best studio. Uh, yeah, I, I'd, I, I'd give them that. I think I think before Ghost of Tsushima, I would have said it was Sucker Punch, but I think at I think that that so profoundly did not speak to me. Um, that I think I think I gotta I think I gotta give it to Insomniac. Their Spider-Man games are just exceptional, um, and super super fun. And and another thing is mechanically, like expanding things mechanically the way that they have done. Like this game is just better and more fun to play than the previous games. Like substantially, I think. Um, Which is impressive because I really enjoyed the uh, previous ones. Yep. Um, I think. Yeah, they. There's always something to do, whether it's, you know, unlocking new suits, whether it is unlocking new kind of devices or upgrading them, whether it is getting like some of your, you know, suit upgrades, which is, you know, your health, your damage, your um, like focus use or your like web swinging or whatever. Um, Or like you're, you know, you've got talent trees now Um, and there is a talent tree for Peter. There's a talent tree for miles and then there's a joint one so you can be like all right well i'm going to be splitting between them a lot so i'm going to go into like this very specific thing which is like something i did very early there there's a uh you know their their focus mechanics and their web shooters i was like i'm going to be using these a lot as both characters let me make sure this is topped out and then i'll get into like specific stuff based on like what i use more um you know but you're not really making meaningful choices because if you do everything you can just unlock everything which i like but also like, you know, it's not like Borderlands where it's like choosing one thing locks me out of something else. So, you know, what if that is if that makes it less valuable or more valuable to you, you know, you can make that decision for yourself. But I think that this game looks really great. I think that the voice acting is really, really good. The capture is really good. Um, they're not afraid to play with the box or play with your expectations or betray your expectations. 
Um, I really like all the characters that they've introduced, uh, you know, in this one. And I think that they're, they're doing a great job. I can't wait to play more. Like I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not going to stop until I beat it. Cause I, I, I really dig it. I might get the platinum in it. Like this is just something where it's just like, I like playing this game. Like I like going to the bases, you know, it's, it's kind of like metal gear solid five where it's just like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to I sneak in to tinker with it. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to sneak in from the side of the base and like, Take out the P. I really like working my way through and being like, all right, this person's covering this person. Let me take them out. Let me like solve this puzzle backwards. You know what I mean? Like that sort of mm. stuff just like really, it just, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, and this game has tons of it. Fast travel is incredible. Like it's basically instant. Like it's fucking wild, man. It's really crazy. And, uh, you know, adding the wings like to this game where you can just tap triangle and then like you can fly like this. They've got, you know, areas where, you know, they've got, they've got quote unquote wind tunnels where like you can go down a main street, throw your wings on. And like, it just kind of carries you for a while. Um, you know, which, you know, talking about Superman earlier, that really put the lie to like, we can't make a Superman game because the flying would suck. And it's like, well, they did it in Spider-Man. So what do you want? Right. It's an excuse. It's always an excuse. It is It is an excuse, but I also know that, like, there's another thing where it's just like, oh, well, you know, we can't, like, we can't make it compelling because you're invincible. And it's like, well, he's not actually invincible. And you're all-powerful. And it's like, well, he's not actually all-powerful. And even if he was all, both of those things, which he kind of is, like, that's not the point. The point should be you can't save everybody. That's the struggle for Superman, you know. You have to make him choose. That's yes. the problem. That's the problem. But also, like you or have you to, just, yeah, yeah. You, he's he's also the problem. The real the real problem with Superman and writing stories for Superman is not his strength or his invulnerability. It's his speed. That's the problem, and that's the problem with writing a Flash story too. Is because by the time that you tell the Flash or Superman that they have to choose for something, they could have literally just done it. Like by the time you're finished with the sentence, he could have killed you and saved all the people because he's. Yeah. faster than the speed of light or like whatever like it's that's that's the real problem but people don't want to talk about that people don't want to talk about real problems they want to talk about whatever they're thinking about in their heads but anyways all that to say marvel spider-man 2 is extremely good catch that fever you better believe it i'll get to it one day i don't have a ps5 it'll be on pc one day maybe possibly it will Marvel Spider-Man so, One is on PC, so it will. Yeah, it will they be. did eventually. Most Sony games do eventually come out, but usually mm-hmm. after a bit of you know exclusivity period. And it's like that's fine, that's fair. I'll get to it eventually. Mm-hmm. Same with FF16. <clears throat> and also, I will say, I don't know if you guys saw this news. Speaking of Sony games coming to PC, uh, two Sony games are going to GOG, which means they're going to be DRM-free. So, interesting. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection is going there and then uh was it god of war i think it's god of war is going there so i'm hmm. i'm paying attention so i'm i'm gonna get uh i'm gonna get review keys uh for those when they come to gog and i'm gonna check them out for like performance and stuff like that i'm really 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 interested to see if that becomes another place that sony puts their stuff because if it is that's where i'm buying them because drm free is is the way like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. And that, that's also very interesting because that means people will be able to mod the fucking shit out of those games, which is going to be great. <laughs> which is going to be great. Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Who knows if Spider-Man is going to go there? Like, I, you know, I don't know, but I would love to see it. You know, if we can, if we can get all of the Sony stuff on GOG, 
That'd be juicy. What did I see the other day? I saw somebody modded um, God of War 2018. So the opening bit with um, with the stranger, Boulder, was um, redone, except for whatever reason, Kratos was replaced by Bionicle, and it looked actually really good. <laughs> I was like, why? I love this, but why? Modders never change. Never change. Love it. So um, what would you say? So I I liked no, I would Spider say no. Man. Oh, okay. Well, okay. No, no. Well, 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 no what, what did you have? Wrap it up, people. We're done. Yeah. What did you have? <laughs> I had fun playing Spider Man, the first one. Um, okay. But the story didn't really do much for me. Uh, the vibes of it didn't really do much for me. Um. And when I saw that two was like a Venom thing, I was also kind of like, because uh, he's Venom. Um, what would you say to that in terms of like what this game does with the foundation, I guess? How does it, how does it make it interesting? I mean, do you want me to get into like specifics or do you want me to just stick with generalities? That's a really good question. <laughs> Cause I can get into specifics, but I am going to have to warn people. It's like, I like Spider-Man a lot too, but I'm a lot pickier. Um, and like the, the first game was very like Bendis-y, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. And, uh, uh I, I'm not doing a very good job asking this question. <laughs> I'm just worried I'm going to be like kind of bored. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I like Craven. Craven's really interesting, but if if you like Craven, you should probably play this game. Okay. Uh, I so I the way that they've been branding this game, you would think that Venom was like the main thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craven is like the main thing. Okay. So, um. I, I will say, so I, I, I kind of understand. I mean, you could, you could mean a lot of stuff from mm-hmm. talking about Brian Michael Bendis, but I'm going to just kind of assume that you're leaning one way with it. And I will say, if I understand you correctly, this game is less that. Uh, okay. And at least if, if I'm understanding what you're asking correctly, which I might not be, who knows? Um, but... Uh, I think I I think that I think that both the first Spider-Man game and Miles Morales kind of tried to bite off more than they could chew from a dramatic standpoint mm-hmm. if that makes Definitely. sense um, and I don't feel that way about this game like I feel like this game I I feel like this game mostly plays it pretty conservatively in a good way and then when it takes the bigger swings they work for me more. Mm. So I I I don't other than saying like just I think the writing is more deftly handled, I feel like the structure is more I I I I feel like it's just more God, under control is like not a good 
phrase, but like it, it is, it is. That makes sense though. Like intentional. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, these aren't great descriptors because like the first game was obviously under their control and intentional. Like, you know what I mean? But like deliberate, it, it yeah, feels, maybe. yeah, it, it feels it. Like I, I'm not, I'm not able to, to pull the phrase that I want to, but like the, the idea being that like they're, they have a hand and they're playing it really well. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can argue whether they have like the winning hand or whatever, but the cards they are playing, they are playing really well and not necessarily the way that I expected, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I'm some, you know, maybe somebody else will have seen all these things coming from a mile away, but there are certain like things that they have done or like swerves that they have made. It's very similar to, to the first game uh, where like, they made some swerves that made this, that made like the insomniac Spider-Man universe, like really interesting to me. Um, where like, not necessarily on the execution, but like on the, the setup and the framing, if that makes sense, where like some of the, some of the decisions that they've made, some of the liberties that they've taken with the characters, like work for me. Like, I feel like the relationship between Otto and Peter in the first game is like the best thing about it. Kind of. But like, also I feel like the way that it ends doesn't really hit, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. Whereas, whereas with this game, like the relationships, which, which is the thing that worked from the first game, like the relationships are what this game is about. You know what I mean? Like the relationships mm-hmm. between the characters, how they deal with each other, what they say to each other, what they don't say to each other. Like there's there, I, I feel like they're, they're, they're doing it, you know. Okay. It's not all like hundred percent hit, but I, I I think it's I think it's quite good. Ugh. Games and sermons uh said in the chat, I I guess maybe some time ago. What's the agenda tonight? Well, we're talking about a lot of games tonight. A lot of games. We're complaining yeah, about a lot, a lot of things, things, all that sort of we're stuff. Pivoting to Kingdom Hearts. There's no uh, Kingdom Hearts podcast. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Uh they also said, have you Suddenly, looked into 15. Have you looked into Stormgate at all? Coming out soon. Finally, a new RTS to fill the uh, StarCraft II void. Yes. I am keeping a tentative eye on it. There's a few things I like. There's a few things I don't like about what we've seen so far. Worrisome in the way they're kind of marketing it almost like, you know, showing off like uh, without even explaining basic units and concepts and things, showing Mm. off like actual you know pro matches as it were little things like that it's like uh, that always speaks to me like we're trying to make an esports it's like no Mm. esports will happen yeah organically if you give it the reason you didn't force starcraft broodwater to take off korea did yeah because we love because people loved it yeah and yeah so i that's worrisome but there's other things that i uh yeah there's 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 hope in the rts genre uh, things like Tempest Rising, Dorf, and uh, Zero Space all look potentially interesting as well. Check those out if you're not familiar with them. But um, yeah, I hope there is an RTS revival because goddamn, we need it. <laughs> it yeah. th- there was no sign, of, there was barely even a hint or mention of StarCraft at uh, BlizzCon this year. So that's not coming back anytime soon. Yeah. And I'm not sure why, but he said you didn't like LA Noir and then laughing. 
I, I wonder if that's because that's just a game where oh yeah we were talking about mafia stuff we were talking about mob stuff yeah that would make sense it. yeah no I mean I I mean I didn't play it so I don't know if I would have liked it or not but anyways uh, Lucas did I answer your question I think so I think so okay. um, would you recommend finishing Miles Morales before playing two I've like barely played it um. I think there I think there is a powerful moment at the end of Miles Morales but overall I thought that like the villain and some of this stuff I, well I don't know I feel like at the time I said I liked Miles more than Spider-Man 1 but now I'm kind of like eh you know what I mean like cuz I'm playing this mm. one and I'm like if I was going to replay one of them after this, I mean, unless it totally like botches the ending, like I would just be like, Oh, I'm not going to replay the first two games. I would just replay Spider-Man two. Mm. But, uh, I, I think, I think at, at, at minimum, if you don't want to go back and play miles, which like I enjoyed, I think you would be fine watching like a summary video and then like watching the cinematic for the end of the game. Mm. Uh, or like just reading a, a plot summary or something if you wanted to jump straight in. So far, they haven't really made a lot of what happened in that game. Like I think there's like there's like one thing maybe. Yeah, there's there's a big thing that happens early on and like continues happening that is as a result of that, but it's not something that you need to see. Like you just need to know about it. Mm-hmm. Um so I would say if you want to skip it, like you, you'd be fine. Like I would just like watch a summary video or read like the Wikipedia something and then like watch the ending cinematic or something. Okay. Cause there is, there is legitimately a, a cool thing that, that happens at the end. Like, you know, a nice emotionally resonant moment, which like you want in a video game ending, but yeah, definitely. And that, that carries forward to this game. So, but yeah. Miles is good. Hell yeah. So. <sighs> Anyways, that's my Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, Spider-Man. Definitely uh, did, uh, eager to hear if it sticks to landing. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested. Because, like, I, I have... Like, Venom stuff has been happening, but, like, I'm, I'm not... Like, the other shoe hasn't fallen yet. You know what I mean? Mm. So I'm I'm really interested to see uh how I feel about it when it like when it happens. And I'm also wondering like how long it's going to take because like I've played like a lot of this game and like it's it's definitely like the 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 percentage of things that I thought this game would be about versus what it was actually about is like I was pretty wildly off. Uh so, you know, and that's, that's always interesting, but, uh, did either of you guys have anything else, uh, that you wanted to talk about? I got a couple of little small things. I've got like three small things that I want to touch on, but I know that, uh, time could be limited. So I'll make sure we get to what we need to get to. Do you Nothing ever read really the, uh, the Venom story that Rick Remender and Tony Moore did like 10 years ago where he's like, 
get, he's like an agent of the U.S. government, and he's getting dropped into like the Middle East to do, you know. That's not like a. That's not like a. a I I may have if that was the lead up to the. Um, uh, Red Goblin or like Scarlet Goblin or whatever sort of a thing, where like there was uh, people with like the symbol of Null on their heads and they were like other like people. I know that there was like there was like a military unit that was like symbiote whatever and there was a thing mm. where like venom was fighting them and all that spider-man was fighting them and all that sort of stuff if it if it was part of that then yes if not i don't think i did actually i probably preceded that um yeah it was wild it was like flash thompson's legs got blown off in iraq now he's venom but he's like pmc venom huh and he's yeah. doing stuff for uncle sam but then He's got like Spider-Man PTSD, the symbiote does, and things get weird. Huh. I don't know. It's really cool. It's like weird. the only Venom thing hmm. I've ever enjoyed. <laughs> I would be really interested. I mean, I don't know how this speaks to you. There was there was a stint that that Venom had on the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I thought that that lineup was actually pretty interesting. Oh, that's wild. Uh, I had heard about that to some extent. Yeah, it was cool. Like, I liked it. You know, it was like when the Guardians of the Galaxy also had... Um, uh, Carol Danvers on it. So it was like Carol Danvers and uh, either Eddie Brock or Flash. I forget. There was, and then there was the whole thing with like anti-venom, which I liked that whole thing, like w- watching anti-venom get created and then watching that happen, like mm-hmm. with Flash being anti-venom and then that being like a big anti uh, symbiote sort of a thing. Like that was like a really, I mean, I, I generally, I know that like a lot of people are like, Oh, it's, it's evil Spider-Man. That's so boring. But like, I really like Venom. Like, I'm yeah. I'm in the. He's I'm really in, not though. That's the thing. That's the very boring interpretation. That's like the Spider-Man three, you know, Sam Raimi interpretation of it. It's like, yeah, it's not really. No, it, you know, and like the 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 idea. I mean, there's like anti-hero, very basic like anti-hero Venom, where it's just like, oh, this is a Spider-Man that kills, and then it's like, well, but this is also like a Spider-Man who deals with like kind of Hulk issues of like self-identification and like dealing with like the inner turmoil and stuff like that. And then there's like contextualizing Venom's relationship with Spider-Man and then also with Carnage. And then they introduce Null and then they, you know, there's like that whole thing. And then it's like, okay, well, when I'm not being a total piece of shit, like what can I do? And that's when you get into like some of the more interesting stuff, like, you know, or just like the symbiote stuff in general, like, you know, the symbiote Tyrannosaurus Rex, like there's a ton of like crazy stuff that they can do with that character, which I think is why he's one of the, you know, I mean, look back at there on that shelf. I mean, I guess you can't see it, but like Venom is right there. Like I've got a little Venom statue oh, right yeah. there and then right next to him, I got a little Spider-Man statue, you know. Nice. Courtesy of Disney Infinity, which actually made a really great line of uh, Those figures are so nice. Oh, yeah. so actually, you know what? Hold on. Since I was talking about it, I'm all going to grab Oh man, yeah, I hear that uh, did better for itself than like Skylanders, especially in terms of actual quality and such. But yeah, I never played this game, but I saw explain. I saw these figures, and I was just like, "You gotta be fucking yeah. kidding me, bro! That's they're, sick." They're yeah, super that's really nice. Good. 
they had like half to them. My wife and I were collecting them back when the game was still existing. Um, and yeah, just the Marvel ones are so cool. Like, bro, come on. Yeah. No, that, Very that, that good stylized proportions. Sick. Really yeah. Cool. Like, come on, guys. Like, that's just that's just so good. You know, get, getting those Gendy Tartakovsky proportions in here. Yeah. You know, so. Anyways, but yeah. So, like, I like Venom, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm real, real interested to see what they do with it. But. Uh, cool. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Lucas, did you have, uh, Chris, you said you didn't really have anything else, right? Yeah, I'm okay. good. Okay. Uh, Lucas, did you have anything else before I uh, jumped into like some other stuff? No, I've just been like devouring Star Ocean. Nice. I, yeah, just played nothing but that for a week. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it's about to be me with, with uh, as I finish up Spider-Man. But I wanted to talk about uh, a couple of other things. Just because it it might be, we might not record next week because uh, I'm going to be stupid busy, and mm. also you know it's the holidays and stuff like that. So I I don't I don't know that we're not going to record, but I'm kind of like hedging my bets about that. But uh, so I played three indie games for a little bit to varying degrees. Um, one of which I had to stop playing at PAX. Uh, because it was hurting my wrist because I was just going absolutely apeshit on it. Uh, but I didn't have that problem this time around, which is good, and I'm really happy for that. Uh, so I just stopped it because of time, but I was playing... Um, uh, let's see. Let me make a note of what time it is because I got to do all these timestamps. Jeezy McCrazy. Timestamps. Timestamps. He, he had to put his mark on time. Now I just want to watch a movie where like there's a hero call, you know who has like a stamp of time and he can do all that sort of shit. Anyways, so I anyways, just want to go play Time Splitters, frankly. Yeah, I see, and that's the thing. I never played Time Splitters. I probably should. Oh, have. those games were excellent. Oh, so good. No, I'm a, I'm a. The last game I played with time in it, actually, this probably isn't. No, that's definitely not true. The last game I played that had time in the name, I can't talk about yet. Um. But, uh, but yeah, so I played uh, Alien Hominid. I played Alien Hominid HD oh, yeah. and, uh, and Alien Hominid Invasion. Uh, so Alien Hominid HD is a port of the original Xbox game, which was hard as fucking shit. And guess so what? So good, though. Guess what? Ain't nothing changed, baby. Ain't nothing changed. That game is still hard as fuck. Uh, but yeah. it is very good. Have they, like, modified it in any way, or is it pretty much like a widescreen... Uh, port. Uh, I didn't notice anything different, but I also have not played the original since the original Xbox. So like, fair. I mean, my memory could be painting over a fucking lot of shit. Uh, but no, it, I mean, it looks like a new grounds, you know, uh, game or whatever. And it still plays like that plays extremely well. Um, I'm not going to play it because that level of hardcore is just not what I'm interested in right now. Um, but yeah, like if you are looking to play it, like it is there, it is awesome. This was one of the best games on the original Xbox, uh, and nothing's changed. So if you wanted access to this, now you got it. Um, because I don't think this was actually on Xbox back compat for the original Xbox. Um, I don't think so. 
So yeah, so now this is the way you can get it. You can get it on Steam. It's great. Um, even now, this this was interesting because I had not played this game at the time when I played this at PAX East. Um, I really enjoy it. You go back to the PAX East um, preview extravaganza episode that Will and I did. Uh, and I th- I forget if we had somebody else on it. it might, I think it was just Will and I on that one. Um, and then the PAX West one was uh, Logan Plant, Justin Corey's Will and I. Um, but yeah, Alien Hominid Invasion is fucking awesome. Um, oh yeah. Really good shit. Super fun. Um, it's really, really different from the original Alien Hominid, uh, but in a way that I think makes it like more fun for me. Like mm-hmm. Alien Hominid HD, not a game I'm going to play. Alien Hominid Invasion, I can play that shit. You know what I mean? Uh, and it is still super crazy, still super bullet helly. Um, they do a lot to make uh, the environments more readable, um, mm. which I think is really, really good. It's also, you're not going linearly through a level. Uh, Lucas, I don't know if you've seen anything about Invasion. I saw a trailer um, and was mostly confused about what was happening. Okay. So basically you you, you plop down uh, in a level and you're going left and right and you're moving like up and down. So okay. there are, you're in this area until you get, uh, until you complete enough things to, to green light your extraction. Uh, and then you move on to the next area. So there's like a, a, a map, like an overhead map and you kind of progress like, you know, Scott Pilgrim versus the world or something like that, you know? Um, so you'll start in a very basic area at the bottom, but you choose which area you're in and then you'll go in and you'll be attacked by increasing numbers of enemies and increasingly powerful enemies as the time goes on. Um, and it'll be like, okay, um, pick up the, uh, like kill these, like, you know, men in black and take the papers that they drop or whatever. And then it'll be like, okay, you got enough papers now head to the fax machine and fax them up to the mothership. And then you stay like you keep firing as you're standing on top of the fax machine uh, and then after those go all up, it's like, okay, green light now go over to this area and it'll like have like an arrow and you'll either go left or right to different sections of the map. And it'll be like, all right, kill six enemies really fast. And then they'll spawn those enemies and you'll do that. And then you'll just run around and you'll generally be killing enemies and killing enemies and filling up this bar until it fills up. And then it's like, okay, you can go back and get beamed up. And then you go over, you get beamed up and then you choose your next thing. You can, um, as you like complete these different jobs, certain ones will uh, award you with like lockboxes and stuff. And at different places uh, during the like in the map, you can go to the fucking ice cream kid from the first game, and he will <laughs> and he will open them for you. And then those can like you know you can play it as like an actual like roguelike where when you die, it's over. Or you can be like, when I die, I'm going to keep all my upgrades and stuff like that. And you can slowly like upgrade your character and unlock new customization options like are in all the behemoth games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're just kind of moving up as you tear through this this place. Um, yeah. That sounds awesome. It is. It does sound like a good time. It's I, real good. I love the original. Yeah. I, uh, We've had it on GameCube, and I just played and played and played and played. Yeah, it's a dude. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. My like, I hate that my 
schedule is so full because there are so many games that I want to play and there is such little time. But this is definitely one of those, like, if you like Alien Hominid, if you like what the Behemoth is doing, this is another one of those. And I, I frankly, I really like what the Behemoth does. Um, you know, one of those, actually, we're talking about games I'm talking about that just show up on in my background. Uh, that one of these lanyards up here is a uh, Battle Block Theater lanyard. Hell yeah. That I got, uh, that I actually got from the from one of the devs when I previewed this game at PAX East. He was like, oh, you like that? And then he actually gave me, I, I can't, uh, I can't like pull my camera up and put it, but my, my uh, CPU case actually has an alien hominid invasion sticker on it. Cause like it's awesome. the little, it's the little yeah, alien hominid right. guy, but uh, it's dope. I love it. And my daughter's always like, I want to take it. And I'm like, no, you leave that. You leave that alone. <laughs> you leave that on there. You don't take my <laughs> sticker. But brought you into this world i will take you out of it uh, and so make, help me and make another one just like you so that nobody knows the difference <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, doc is that Anyways. uh it's multiplayer right uh yes hold on let me just verify that to the store page alien hominid invasion boop 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 Multiplayer. It has the multiplayer tag. Yeah, you and three of your friends. Online co-op, shared, split-screen co-op. Yep. Yeah, baby. Lucas, get that shit. Let's blow shit up. Yeah. Let's blow stuff up together. What do you have it on? Steam. Okay. Yeah, we'll make that. See, I I like this as well because it says, says, yeah, invade with up to four players through online co-op, couch co-op, or both. Players across skill gra- uh, skill gaps with difficulty being set per player. One player can choose friendly while another loses their mind on insane. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Right on. That's really, really good. And you can mix and match modifiers. Like, there's a bunch of cool stuff. There's a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, bunch of cool stuff. Anyways. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's great. Speaking it of great... I also started playing. Let me make a note of this time. Gonna make some music with my mouth so you guys don't think about how much time that I'm spending writing this timestamp down. Uh, I played Alterium Shift. But push the talk. <laughs> yeah, nice. I also Alterium played uh, some Alterium shifts. So this, I told you that Ben Starr would come up again on this episode. Mm. Ben Starr is the one who told me about this game. All right. Uh, I ran into him while I was at uh, PAX West. Ben Starr, voice actor for Clive from Final Fantasy 16. And uh, I, I ran into him three times during PAX. Uh, and stellar guy that he is, he recognized me each time. Now, I know that I have... One of those uniquely ugly faces that you just can't <laughs> help. You just can't help but notice. But still, I appreciate it. Uh, and let me tell you, anybody feels ugly standing next to Ben Starr. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, fair. Uh, uh, but yeah, so we I was wandering around and uh, I was looking at this game. They had a stand up in one of the indie sections uh, at the summit. And I was like, dang, this like actually looks pretty sick. It's obviously taking like visual inspiration from like Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger and stuff like that. 
And it, it, all- it's looked like a mana game. This looks like sort of mana. Yeah. Out, or yeah. Um, <clears throat> whichever, whichever one, the first one, the secret of mana, that one. Yeah. So, uh, so I was looking at it and all of a sudden, you know, right up next to me, Ben Starr is, he's talking to the devs. He's talking to, you know, all these sorts of people. And I'm like, yeah, this looks pretty cool. And Ben had just gotten done playing it. And so, you know, we, we talked, uh, for a little bit about, you know, uh, Final Fantasy 16 and what I thought of it and his performance and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, then we started talking about this game and he'd been playing it and he's like, dude, you, you have to play it. You have to play this game. Uh, and he's a very, he's a very nostalgic, uh, guy and, uh, he knows what is good. I will put it that way. This man came out and said, uh, when he received his golden joystick award for, uh, best vocal performance, he said, stop asking him what his favorite Final Fantasy game is because it's Final Fantasy eight. And with that, he secured my heart forever. Oh man. Why would he say something so controversial yet so brave? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Why are you booing me? I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but yeah. Uh, So yeah, and I've been playing this. Uh, You can choose one of three main characters. Uh, It does control like a classic RPG. Um, Let me tell you the character animations and the facial animations and the way that they kind of uh, cheat to jokes or different things like that are extremely chrono trigger in FF six. Like mm. when somebody like really kind of took the piss out of my character, they did the, uh, like big <laughs> eyes, like big eyes, hair going up, like thing towards the screen the trigger straight out of right chrono there. trigger. It's so good. Um, so you can choose one of the three main characters. These are three, uh, heroes that are just finishing and graduating from kind of their heroics program and are kind of going out into the world. Uh, the writing real snappy. I really like it. Um, I chose Sage, uh, because she is the wizard. And if you know anything about me, you know, I'm, I always pick the wizard, whether it's in guilty gear or in ulterior shift, I'm going to be playing the magic user. Um, and, uh, she is, kind of a piece of shit <laughs> like she is a real asshole and she's real lazy and she's also incredibly talented and powerful and uh they play with that uh and it's it's fun it's fun i'm not that far in actually hold on let me pull up my steam and see how far is it in in early access still that's what it's listed as yes it steam. is it is still in early access it is still in early access um it doesn't really feel like it. It just feels like a retro style RPG, um, mm-hmm. which is good. But uh, let me see. Okay. So I've played it for like a little over an hour. Um, yeah. And I got through like the prologue. I got through like the, the like exam and I got through. I think that's basically it. Yeah. But yeah, you can you can pick one of the three main characters. You can pick a, like a spear wielding like leader person. You can pick an archer, and you can pick this wizard. Um, so I picked her. She's really fun. The other characters, like one of them, is older and like the kind of the leader. Um, but also, they're often doing things on their own, and they don't particularly get along, which I think is really interesting. Um, there's another game that I'm that I'm playing 
that I'll be able to talk about soon where that's also true, where like it's, it's kind of an RPG with a team that doesn't really get along. And like, I don't, that, that like that vibes with me. Like, I like that, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, yeah, they're not like happy go lucky people. Like the, these people have really, uh, there's biting character dynamic there. Yeah. Where it's like one of the characters doesn't really like the other two characters kind of don't expect a lot from me. You know what I mean? As the, uh, as the wizard, just because like you're, you've been so lazy and like all that sort of stuff, you know, you don't really try, you know, they're, they're like, yeah, she probably won't graduate this year because like she, who cares? Like she doesn't care. Um, all that sort of stuff. So like it's, it's, you can do a lot with that. And like, there isn't like dialogue choices. Um, really other than like, obviously at one point you take a test and like, you kind of need to research for that, which I forgot to do. And I did incredibly badly on the test, uh, which is interesting, but I always like, you just role playing. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that is true. But except somebody called it out because afterwards they're like, you typically like score incredibly well on tests. So I wonder why you didn't try this time. But then I did other stuff that was out of character for her as well. So it's like, that was like good that people liked. So it's like, well, this is just me doing this. So now I'm like betraying expectations by meeting them for myself. Like it's kind of, you know, it's kind of weird and interesting, but uh, yeah, I'm having, I'm having fun with it. It is like between that and sea of stars, there is definitely like a, uh, best, you know, great, great RP, best RPG of the year for like innovation of mechanics and stuff. And like, also like, obviously I'm super, super, super early in this game, but like also solid classical RPG that is basically just old school. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so I, yeah, I dig it. Hmm. I dig it. I'll have to keep an eye on it. So yeah, it's fun. And the graphics it says are cool. on the on the Steam page they plan to add CRT filters. So I'm, I'm oh gonna... baby, oh man, that's gonna that's gonna make me even more excited. Ugh. More games need CRT filters. Every every put, every game every game needs one. Put scan lines in the trash. I don't want scan lines anymore. I want CRT filters. Yes. Same. I mean, I'll take I'll take scan lines. I'll, I'll take them. But come on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. It's a cool game. Cool game. I'm digging it. All right, let's get out of here. All right. Yeah, I think we've said enough. We've said so very many things. Oh my goodness. It's a long episode. Anyways, uh, thank you all for joining us for the platformers. This has been episode 293. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? We are it fast. Ever closer. We are fast approaching episode 300. Anyways, join us live as we record each episode on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash ribnax, R-I-B-N-A-X. You can also find the uh, archived episodes at youtube.com slash at ribnax. You can also find me at ribnax on Twitter and backlogged, um, which is where I track all the stuff that I'm playing, where I make all of my lists, like my best of lists. It's a really great place to see what I'm doing. And if you want to refer to some of the stuff that I've played before, it's on there. Um, so I'm also trying to do more like little micro reviews whenever I'm done there. So that if you want like a TLDR, um, sort of a situation, like that's kind of where I put those sorts of thoughts. You can follow me on Blue Sky at Brian Barnett, B-R-I-A-N-B-A-R-N-E-T-T. 
Uh, and yeah, if you want to see some of the stuff that I've done, you can check out my interview with uh, Jonas and Verena Karatsis, which are two of the main narrative uh, writers for the Talos Principle 2. Uh, that is up on IGN.com. Um, uh, I wish I could have put more of the interview in that feature, but you know, I, I do what I must with what I have. So, uh, one of these days, these video interviews will go up and be embedded in them. You mark my words. And I've got some other interviews coming up, uh, soon. One of which I'm doing tomorrow morning. So that should be fun. Um, but yeah, you can check that out. I've also got a preview that is coming up. Uh, I'm going to be doing the IGN preview for, um, that MMO Terrace land, uh, which looks pretty interesting. So you can look for that from me. Um, I'll have more details on that when it goes up. Chris, where can everybody find you? Hey, I'm Chris Conley, aka Delphia. You can find me as Delphia on most things on the internet. If you see it in the video game, probably me. Uh, my website is at versusthebacklog.com, vsthebacklog.com, one word. You can find some of my writing there and across the internet and in future things I'm still can't talk about, but uh, getting there. So, yeah. Lucas. You can find me uh, being grumpy on Twitter at Lucas, And you can find my reviews writing at Shack News. Uh, and that's it for now. Nice. Uh, if you like the show, please leave us a review or tell somebody about it. And... Thanks for joining us. From everybody here at The Platformers, we hope you have a wonderful week. Stay safe out there. Because until next time, we are out. Peace. Check, check, check. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da